Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Achepe Space, Doquan, and what he said about the future of Luna. Let's take a listen. Hey, finally got a chance to get away from work. It's crazy busy last night. <laughs> All hell breaking loose. It's a good thing I slept last night or during the day yesterday. Hello, Sefe. Hello. Wait, wait, what accent is this now? You Brits have like 17 accents, honestly. Um, <laughs> we're uh, just going to give, like maybe we could give a recap of the uh, of the uh, Zoom call we did with Doe and company yesterday. What Zoom call? I never attended a Zoom call. Hmm. Sophie, are you, are you betraying the trust of Lord Do Kwan? who said that all contained therein would be confidential. Wait, did he say that? Uh, well, he specified no recording or anything like that. And he specified that it's just between us. But I'm sure you can talk about the public domain projects, such as the, the Feather device, the plug-in USB Feather device. Like the little thing to tickle... Yeah, the the device for lonely men. Yeah, so the future of Terra is the production of sex devices, um, which really, quite frankly, is going to have more utility than like 99% of crypto. That's for fuck sure, right? Like maybe, I don't know. Like, Well, I, I think, I think Doak well, uh, Won felt a deep empathy for everyone who had lost money in the Terra crash. and. I think for the majority of men, they came to realize that women were only with them for their money. So when their net worth was vaporized, it went down to zero. They found that the women in their lives left them. Um, you know, they, they could no longer trust them to maintain the finances, to send the children to private school um, and stuff like that. Women are essentially creatures that try and gobble resources. And the moment your resources vanish, they will move on. So I think Doquan in his heart with the Feather USB device app was trying to give men some relief um, for that heartbreak, trying to manufacture. He was describing kind of like the utility of the USB piece of this, right? Like, so you plug this thing into like your, um, maybe the side port of your laptop. And it's not just for charging. Uh, You can get feedback from the device, like maybe like, how many times you feather fucked yourself and, or like maybe how many times you use it to tickle uh, someone. Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about anything like that personally, Seppi. I was just appreciating the fact that a USB oscillating feather device could be quite soothing. 
to maybe rest uh, on the forearm um, and to to give to give. Uh, so this is kind of like Spider Man with his web shooters. You can stick it on your wrist. Um, yeah, and it like sprays like feathers everywhere or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, you got to get serious because this is very yeah. boring and I feel sick. Right. Yeah, so this so we'll we'll get past the feather. So anyway, uh we we got a chance to catch up with uh Doe yesterday a little bit and um the uh there's just been ideas going around as far as like the kinds of things going to be coming out for for Terra and such. He had that um interview first off. Uh maybe we can recap for people that didn't catch that. There was what's the name of the the site that interviewed him yesterday? Coin something or another. Yeah, Zach, Zach Guzman from Line A. <laughs> yeah, Zach Guzman. Um, I don't know that hey, that particular Zach. interview wasn't useful. Uh, I felt like no useful questions were asked, and uh, it went nowhere. It was awful. And it, it was, was actively it was, bad. It was just it was, <laughs> yeah, it's truly bad. It was actually like the the there was no considering that Zach is supposed to be an obedient little nymph who helps Doquan out, given that he's funded by him and has uh, been included in the circle of trust of Lord Doquan. Like, he did an awful job. Uh, and he was asking stuff like, you know, as a, as somebody who's been in the same situation as Sam, like, what advice would you give for him and stuff like that? And, like, there was no care at all to differentiate between, like, the two cases, failure versus fraud, right? Like, it's a very different situation. The loss of billions of dollars doesn't put you in the same position. Like, there's if you have an IQ over 70, there's a little bit more care to, to differentiate than that. And like he could have asked open questions, like even something more open, like what do you think differentiates the SBF situation from the terror situation? And then Doe could have just expanded on that. But instead he was like, mm, what advice do you have for Sam <laughs> being being in this position now and forced Doe Kwan to be like, well, I think he should be transparent. You know what I mean? But the whole thing was like a horrible implicit assumption and, and no real care to differentiate. So it was like, I don't know. I just, I just thought it sucked. I told him on Twitter as well. Yeah, I mean, he, exactly. like, it would have been even more interesting maybe if he got his take, say, Doe's take on something like, I don't know, what he felt like uh, Alameda and FTX were doing exactly. Like, what was their, what kind of machinations did he notice? Uh, maybe did he... Uh, yeah. analyze what they may have been, how they may have been responsible for the collapse of um, the Luna UST mechanism, which uh, like more and more sort of like evidence is pointing to at this point from Huobi and other people. Um, yeah, like yeah, there was no unique, I was going to say, Sophie, there's no, there was no um, unique appreciation of his brain. Like any random commenter could have said the kind of things he said. Due to the question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you have him, Doquan, on, you want to ask questions that only Doquan can answer, not stuff that, you know, just bullshit speculation uh, stuff that, you know, like, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway, so that, that interview kind of went to nowhere. And then afterwards, you know, we all got in a little, you know, uh, Telegram group. Uh, you know, many of us are sort of, like, working on, you know, either communicating or building or doing something related to the recovery of Terra. And that includes people at, uh, obviously, most of that work is being done by people at TFL. You have others who are um, projects outside of TFL who are building things. You have people that are validators on the network. You have people that, um, 
you know, you know, different roles in the in the ecosystem. And we had a chat yesterday, and we were kind of asking questions, um, you know, with Doe, and he was kind of covering some of the things that were coming out soon, like. What what things, uh, Bruce? Uh, and I, I kind of I missed a couple of the points he made because I was uh, um, like in the middle of getting to work. Uh, did um, like what kind of things struck you as interesting from what he said yesterday? Oh, I missed um, quite a bit as well <laughs> because <laughs> so like, I, had a meet, I had a meeting and then uh, and then uh, I went on Zoom and I have Zoom on my iPad, so it's like this weird app I've got. And uh, on the app was was my full name, and then I've got brackets with she, her, slash they, slash it. So I was like trying to remove this because I didn't want to turn up accidentally to the the, the the Zoom chat with like the full name and the full pronouns because my pronouns are private. You know what I mean? So I was like working out for ten minutes how to change this thing because it like imports your, your name from your your, pro, your your private pronouns. Um, yeah, what's yeah. going on, guys? You guys sound very lively today. Yeah, doing? Hey, doing fine. Hey, we are, we're covering Do Kwan and what happened uh, on t Telegram yesterday with everybody. But, and, uh, like, but I think, like, happened? I think big picture wise, so um, he wants to build Terra two around productive use cases rather than speculative use cases. Um, that means no more infinite leverage and no more. Uh, economies without the demand backing them and uh no more systems that can easily collapse and have no uh core economy in, in comparison to the amount of money in the system and he also wants to try and make blockchains as easy and intuitive to deploy and uh, achieve economic security with and minimum viability with in terms of validators and things like that as possible. So you could see this kind of like, um, you know, uh, when you first made websites, you'd have to use something like Notepad and type out the HTML and understand it all and, and error check it yourself. And then over time, it became more and more intuitive. Like these programs like Adobe Dreamweaver came out. I remember doing that in school. Um, and then it got more and more and more easy. And eventually you have things like WordPress and Shopify and stuff like that. And the entire back end and the complexity and the 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 need to um solve various problems has just disappeared and i think there's a similar movement with blockchains in general um right now it's kind of complicated you need to know about uh you know how to set up the chain how to get all the validators involved how to achieve this this minimum viability with security and and economic viability um, and all that stuff. And it's it, there's going to be a transition here where Lord Do Kwan is going to try and solve the problem and make it as easy as possible for everyone to start their own chain, basically, um, and, and form key economic alliances that make it possible. Let me just last yeah. to speak. So, so kind of like the benefit uh, to Whoa. the Luna chain will be that. So the, can you hear me? <laughs> like what happened, Wabi? kind of some weird sounds there um but uh, yeah the benefit to the luna chain are, is going to be that uh new chains that people may want to spin up uh will get the benefit of like ease of creation they'll get the benefit of like shared security with the luna chain validators and it'll so a business for example or any other platform can start a uh, sort of a sub chain as it were 
with shared security with Luna. And it, it, it acts very similar to how Polkadot ecosystem works, except you don't have to own any Polkadot to make it happen. Um, that's going to be a really, really interesting sort of avenue. And then coupled with that, Andromeda Protocol is going to come out in July. So that's going to ha- give you composable smart contract um, uh, capabilities where all you have to do to create like smart contract features is you can actually just drag and drop them. So you can drag and drop, say, for example, an osmosis module or an NFT module or any other thing. And you could like say you have an NFT project and you want your NFT to have special utilities you can or special features on your website. You can connect different features that people have programmed previously um, and like created small like micro dApps for it. And you can drag and drop and connect them into sequences and chains. So like almost like an if then this that type of protocol. So so the mixture of like Feather, you know, uh, coming out plus what Andromeda is doing is a really, really cool like um, it's just a really cool combination of things that's going to make it uh, hopefully easy for lots of um hopefully web 2.0 style companies and um, people interested in like deploying small businesses on blockchain to be able to show up on Terra. And another thing too, is like with the recent uh, Adam 2.0 governance um, uh, proposal having failed, um, what happened there is like Adam 2.0 was going to bring greater value and more users to the Cosmos hub chain. But now the Luna chain is going to be the core competitor to that vision. And that vision has been stalled because the Cosmos hub um, failed to get their shit together and like to create some kind of new thing. So um, I think Terra is actually going to build that first. Um, The Feather protocol and everything else happening, it looks like are going to happen before they happen on anything on Atom or Juno or anywhere else. So that's pretty exciting news, I would say, for Terra specifically. Um, and, you know, not good for the Cosmos in the sense that, like, okay, they're dragging this on. But um, there were a lot of arguments as to, like, why that um, got rejected. And they're not all illegitimate. But it also means that now Terra is going to sort of, like, make it across the finish line first when it comes to the production of these kind of, like, uh, consumer chains or daughter chains or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, like on cause, like on, uh, avalanche, they call them submits and on polka dot, they call them parachains. It's the same concept, basically, uh, more or less. And, um, it's, uh, it's really bullish news for the Terra ecosystem, generally speaking, especially if you're a Luna holder and you got fucked and you want Luna price go up. <laughs> like these are things that, uh, are legitimate types of projects that I think, uh, a lot of other th- a lot of other blockchains, uh, both in the cosmos and elsewhere, don't have these kinds of things. Um, and it's going to be made super easy, like Bruce said. It's going to be made to um, such that like it's almost like opening up a WordPress and starting a website. Starting a blockchain is going to be something that ultimately, like an individual could do with no programming skills or anything, right? Like you could just drag and drop a few things and create a yeah. website, all that shit, and you can just sort of like. Um, it should ultimately be so easy uh, and uh, like just so simple that you don't need to fucking know anything to start a blockchain. And if that mm-hmm. happens, there's another side effect of that. And that is that like a substantial portion of the crypto markets are going to go to literal zero <laughs> because like one or two chains like this can actually 
uh, take up a significant portion of the business of the world crypto markets. Because technically speaking, who the fuck wants to do their own blockchain if like you can just walk in here and like do it in 10 minutes, you know, by playing on the Internet for a few minutes. Right. Like, um, so like, it's interesting. Uh, I think you've forgotten something, uh, which is that Do Kwan is a criminal and he abandoned Lunk. So I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I think you're a bit over bullish. Yeah. Um, Thank you for pulling him out. Yes. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> I, I was going to say, but it's nice to hear someone else has the balls. Someone has to oh, have man, the balls. Say something? There no. always has to be a bad guy. There always has to be a bad guy in the story, right? Always. But look, yeah. look, look, Lord Do Kwan, he, he lost the narrative of UST, decentralized money, which was a beautiful narrative. Lord Do Kwan, Lord Do Kwan, Lord Do Kwan has come up with a new narrative, which is to make the deployment of blockchains as easy as fucking possible, economically, security-wise, minimum viability-wise, uh, IQ-wise, everything-wise. He's doing that. He's making it easy. That means that you know, rather than fucking around on another blockchain or trying to work out all of the technical parameters or hire some fucking nerd freak to do it all, you can just deploy it like WordPress. And that is a beautiful thing. And and rather than needing to shill, Lord Do Kwan, Lord Do Kwan has now given the offering that anyone shall be able to do it easily, right? No matter their level of technical competency. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, he's, this is his vision. This is his vision for Terra 2. And also to build um, Terra 2 in general around productive use cases that use these three pillars. Um, and, and, and just generally, do you remember that thing he wrote, Sefi, about code, content, and data to, 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 to use the productive use cases around those as the formation of the base economy? And then later we'll sneak in UST2. Yeah, we'll sneak it in. Don't worry. It's just a matter of time, right? Um, so have you guys talked about Feather, Alliance, the Oracle chain, uh, the Interchain Terra Station? Have you talked about uh, have you talked about Warp, Enterprise, and Impro Protocol as well? How do you know about that? Yeah, how do you know about all that, ears? Who told you all this? I have big ears. I have big ears. They're close to the ground. I know everything. Well, mm. ears, why don't, why, don't, why don't you give your perspective on um, what this criminal has created? and why he's created these new apps and how he plans to rug us again with them. So the beautiful thing about blockchain is that it's a trustless system. So even if a criminal creates an application or a piece of code, it doesn't matter if a criminal created it, if it's sound, because you can trust the code. You don't have to trust Do Kwan to use his products. So this is something very important for everyone to understand. Um, so now I think the, the nice part about this Oh, and by the way, like, if any of any of you motherfuckers come back and blame me after buying some of Do Kwan's shit and your and your numbers go down, I'm gonna hunt your ass fucking down. Enough of this nonsense. I've been, I've been blaming you uh, in every space, Effie. Every space, I blame you. Every- <laughs> so um, the old way of launching a blockchain was basically getting together a validator set, raising a round, getting VCs in, getting millions of dollars and a big team. But now a couple of college kids in their dorm room can spin up a blockchain with all of the benefits of the infrastructure the TFL built out. So that's the wallet. It's like the endpoints. It's in the mantlement, which is like the Infura alchemy kind of equivalent on Terra. Um, all of these really nice indexing RPC solutions. It's all there straight away. All of the tough stuff, the governance is sorted out for you. So 
Um, yeah, it's just like making interchain useful. Yes. What? What's happening? Front you. You say, you say is, you have said from your mouth that we do not need to trust Doquan, even if Doquan is a criminal. We can trust the code instead. But I say to you, how many people have the credentials, the qualifications, the knowledge to actually verify the code themselves? Is that not percent? How many people have the ability to dive into the smart contracts and verify themselves? You are giving people the open challenge to go look at the code, but you know full well that a very, very small percentage will have the ability. You know, Is, is this just an argument to protect the criminal? What's going on here? Okay. Uh, two points here. The first thing to think about is I know how to read it, and so you should trust me. So trust me. Second thing to think about is we should, if you don't really um, trust Oakland, you, you, you should hacked the, You hacked the Ronin Bridge. You hacked Harmony One. And now you're going to tell us stories about how to, what, which protocols to use. Well, look, um, I really love multi-chain, interchain communication. I love bridges. I love bridges a lot. They're like big warehouses full of gummy bears ready for me to go and scoop up into my mouth. Um, so if we can get more bridges and more interchange secure, you know, sort of uh, interactions, there'll be more and more bridges and, and I can go and hack them. So I'm all for this. Um, I'm all for this, this, this new world uh, view that Doquan's putting into action uh, and the foundation of a future economy and a future currency, which I can then steal. Hey, look, so, live, live by the code, die by the code, right? Exactly. Uh, so, the, the, so what I was going to say about like trusting Doquan and trusting the code. All right. So if you really are skeptical and you don't know who to trust, like let's say you trust no one. Let's say there's no one on earth that you trust. There's no expert. There's no uh, auditors. There's no anybody. Wait until there's enough money on these chains so that it's like, well, if it was going to be hacked, it should have been hacked by now. Someone should have rug pulled this thing. That's one way to look at it. So I don't know. Wait until you're like really late and buy what's in at the number? end at the, t- at the top of the. What's that number? The, what's that number? What's the top? Uh, so like it'll be when Bitcoin peaks. You know, like the next cycle. So who knows? Like it breaks the next all-time high, and Doquan's new army of blockchains has thousands and thousands of users all over the world, or well, millions of users all over the world, and there's like billions and trillions of dollars on it. Then you can buy in and be really late. Um, Here's the thing: if you do that, then you're you're uh, you're not really taking any risks. So here's here's my thesis as an investor and a hacker: if you wait until there's no risk, then you will make no money. Um, if you wait until there is, well, if you go in when there's a bit of risk, but you think on balance, having spoken to a man, known him intimately for years, really got into his head, and you think okay, I understand where he's coming from. I think his vocation is blockchain. I think his vocation is decentralized money. Um, all right, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but I'm still not going to go all in. <laughs> you know he's going to go all in on this shit. So that's... Um, is. is it true yeah. that you're not a way how to hack IBC and drain out all of the value, but you're waiting until the next cycle so the highest total value locked is there? Um, and and you're sitting on this golden egg, and even the Dragonberry update did not even touch or scratch the surface of what you plan. I would like to just interject that we're the skeleton punks are making a liquid staking derivative, so an NFT project can try to control a blockchain too. <laughs> I mean, like we should really get crazy with it, right? <laughs> we just decided mm-hmm. to bring D Luna back. 
right? Well, scabs and punks, I don't appreciate your untimely and disgusting shill of your liquid staking protocol. I don't appreciate it at all. I don't know what you bring to the table. I think you should stick to your lane, which is profile pictures. It's don't interrupt me. It's coming to classic too, brother. Mm. All right. I think Bozzy had a question before we move on to the next protocols that uh, Ears is going to reveal for us. Hey, Bo- Bozzy, Hi, guys. Uh, uh, just want to say uh, one statement. Actually, in one way, I'm really glad that uh, all this shit happened. I feel really sorry for investors, general people. Many people will not uh, survive this. Many going to be coward and take their lives because they lost the money. But you have to, you know, you have to move on with the life. But uh, maybe some millionaires, they lost their money, but uh, Luna is going to mint another millionaires. Just uh, the thing is, I'm glad actually that all this shit happened to prove that the Kwon is not behind all this. Uh, it, he didn't orchestrate all this market fall, uh, fall down. So it's uh, something higher behind all this. It's really sad fact. Well, actually, uh, uh, Bazi, it appears that uh, the, the folks at Huobi have identified that potentially Alameda and FTX are the ones that actually crashed the Terra Luna ecosystem. Uh, when that happened so that's that's another no, strike one for another you know one for sam say, you know what they say is actually what goes around comes around so brother i really i'm not a revengeable one but i'm glad they failed fuck them yep <laughs> anyway yeah the whole point of uh moving forward is like uh bringing back value to people that hold luna of which there are a lot of us and uh we're gonna build cool shit and like you know, help uh, describe to the public what it is, hopefully create some cool products and things that they create. And um, yeah, maybe uh, create some things that are fresh in the crypto space. And um, like, you know, there, there's going to be other applications beside the uh, UST stablecoin. And, um, you know, maybe if uh, the market cap of the ecosystem gets big enough at some point in the future, uh, there probably will be people that uh, spin up stable coins um, either as like sub chains or some other things, sort of like what Kajira is doing or whatever. So people get their uh, decentralized stable coins one way or the other. It's just too interesting of a product and too high of a demand to not happen at some point. But anyway, Ears, uh, do you have uh, some insight into some of the other projects that Doe had mentioned yesterday um, on our call? Uh, I think the best thing to do is not to announce everything at once because that keeps people's attention for longer. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna have a seventy-two hour space, and we're gonna announce the unfolding, emerging news as oh, it arrives. Maybe as Joe it Biden arrives over seventy-two fucking hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I have, uh, I've already reached out to Martin uh, Martin Shkreli and and Kim dot com, and the the general counsel of the Bahamas, and they're all gonna come in within the next three days. Remember, this is an unfolding situation. There are updates coming in all the time. We cannot verify every report, but it's our moral obligation to get it to you first so you can act on that information, the same information that we have. I can just say one more thing before I go, guys. I will uh, hang up soon. I just want to say one more thing. Uh, The problem is with the general humanity, we always blame someone else for our mistakes, for our uh, wrong investment or whatever it is, you know, but when we succeed, uh, even if we succeed with the help of someone else, we always want to be, ah, I was the one, thanks to myself. No, 
You know, that's on the end of the day, you need to fucking take responsibility for your own actions. It's your money. If you fail, if you succeed, it's you who did it. So fuck off. That's it, guys. I really, I'm glad, uh, you know, that in one way, I'm like I said, I'm sad shit happened, but I'm glad, you know, because going to take the heat from the decon uh, and are going to actually help us to grow up. Have yeah. a good one and uh, luck to man. the moon. Catch you later, man. Yeah, one thing I can uh, describe, um, since I reviewed it a little bit for the uh, sort of like emergency allocation council, and I reviewed it a little bit yesterday when uh, Will Chen brought it up, but Will has um, been uh, work with Terran One is has been working with like the creation of a like much more simple way to test and uh, program smart contracts using kind of like a a I don't know what, what you call it, almost like a sandbox uh, uh, platform, very similar to like what Apple has with Swift. Uh, if you've ever used Swift Playgrounds on uh, the App Store to program apps for Apple, um, Will Chen is kind of creating tools to make it much, much easier to create smart contract um, and test them and um, uh, like deploy them almost like on a fake blockchain in a sense on your desktop so that you can test out how the, how they're going to work. and and play with them a little bit before deployment and even before test net. So it's going to make it a lot easier to produce cool stuff like on both um, Terra and theoretically Luna Classic if they upgrade their chain to be equivalent to Luna, which would be um, probably a good idea. But yeah, Will's uh, work, uh, he's one of those really uh, talented coders. I don't know if you guys follow Will Chen, you should, should do so if you don't already. But uh, very cool stuff that he's building to make it like dramatically easier to produce stuff. So really, I think the next year is going to be all about um, like onboarding uh, a whole lot of new users, businesses, NFT projects, you name it, on Tatera, and the ability to produce all sorts of cool shit way easier than before. Um, and uh, I think the tooling uh, is going to be superior to uh, probably 99% of blockchains out there, if I had, that I've seen. Like most chains, most layer ones don't do shit, number one. Like they don't do anything. Uh, you know, barely have like, you know, functioning DEXs and people whining about having the DEXs working and things like that. Uh, many blockchains have very few dApps. Uh, many, many blockchains just simply have like some arbitrary staking rewards, but they don't really do very much. Um, so I think uh, it's not a very high bar to get over uh, to produce uh, cool stuff that is superior to other places. And I think uh, we're going to see more and more of that. Um, the other thing that uh, he did uh, clarify uh, some that is um, sort of public knowledge is um, really just improvements to the, uh, the, the Terra Station wallet. Uh, they're working with TFM. I don't know if some of you guys have used TFM's um, site. Uh, uh, Bruce, do you remember what TFM's uh, URL is? It's TFM dot what? Is it com or? So, uh I can't remember org, I think, or something. I don't know. Here, let me pull it up real quick. People can check it out while we're chit-chatting. Yeah. TFM. Also, let me, let me point out the facts. TFM.com. Yeah, yep. the, the TFM. best aggregator in the game. For, for Classic 2, by the way. And yep. uh, let me point out, Sefi, if you scroll down, then you'll find that the entire army of TFL employees are here. So be careful what you say. Mm. Yeah. 
it's a bit late for that. Anyway, but uh, yeah, TFM does cool shit. Go check out TFM.com, you'll see. And they're basically looking at incorporating some of their um, DEX aggregator capabilities into the TerraStation wallet, which would be fantastic uh, utility for everybody, um, whether you're using uh, like Luna Classic or uh, Luna, because you'll be able to kind of convert between different things right in the wallet. Pretty cool shit. Um, and uh, and that has been all development work that uh, you know people in the Luna Classic community uh, have not had to really pay for. Well, for that matter, no one's paid for it. TFL's pretty much covered the bill for development of that. And uh, hopefully we should see some really cool stuff. Uh, TFM has been a very good DEX aggregator. Um, it, they, I spoke to them at the very beginning when they first deployed their project and such. And it seems like a pretty credible team so far. And I'm never really sure until like you know people really execute for a while. But uh, even after the crash of Terra, they stuck around. Uh, they kept building. They kept adding things related to Cosmos. Um, uh, other folks like coinhall.org have done the same. So there have been some people that have really stuck around that have produced yeah. uh, really high quality shit and that we really like to use, actually. Um, I think uh, you'll enjoy like using TFM stuff, especially if it's on the TerraStation wallet. TFM has been really good. And, um, and especially at volatile times like this, it really does help having an aggregator, you, you really do get much better prices um, if you use a site like that. And they've also just kept updating it for Classic as well, which is really good. They did some um, joint burns earlier in the year. You know, we started the, the lunk burn movement and stuff. They helped us out. They said like, you know, it will match the amount you burn and stuff like that. So they've been really good um, and involved in both communities as well. So yeah, big and props for many, them. And about how many dApps um, was it that like TFL were releasing? Is it like a half dozen or more? um I, I kind of lost count exactly what they're releasing I, I think i think they have a a boatload of them but many of them are experimental and the the nft ones are kind of tabled for now because the nft market is created a bit um so they they've made far more than they might release and i think they're just like they're planting a lot of seeds and then they might water some of them depending on what happens but i think right now like in the range of a dozen yeah yeah, I think all of the standard uh, type things that you, you care about in DeFi, they're going to produce some version of that. But really, the key is um, having stuff for people to do, right? When it comes to decentralized finance, you want to have, you want to be able to sort of like deploy your money in different fun things. Uh, and like for, for whatever money we lost, we sure, sure as hell had a fuckload of fun uh, playing around on DeFi and like, you know, trying the different protocols and you know, like playing games with the charts and all sorts of things. So I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was a very expensive, uh, like, loss of money when UST crashed, but I did have fun doing it. Um, it was the most uh, fun I had losing money in my life. So that was that was really great. Um, I've lost a lot of money in a lot of things, but uh, but uh, never mm. had that much fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and the friends you make along the way, right? And there's no better friendship than than being friends with somebody who has also lost money, who also knows that pain, and you can hug together, cry together, comfort each other. You become therapists for each other, and and that that bond is for life. Um, it's like a Siamese spiritual bond. Yeah. Here's uh, any other uh, thoughts about uh, yesterday's conference call and such? Um, no, I think it was all fine. I think that. You know, all of this stuff, like the piping and the infrastructure, sort of setting out a base. This is kind of getting to, I think, which is 
setting a foundation on which to build an economy. And on top of that economy, you can have a new kind of currency, but it won't be like pegged to a dollar or something. It will just be, you know, like relevant to the economy it's built on top of. Um, rather than playing a game to try and keep it tied to the value of this this piece of shit fiat currency, which is uh, out there in the real world. I'm just in the shops, so some uh, some milk. Uh, everybody have fun and yep. try not to get into trouble by revealing more information than uh, the, uh, <laughs> the guys would like to reveal. Your, your, your connection's kind of coming and going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but just like for, just so that people are aware, like, uh, you know, like Doe's building stuff, TFL's building things. Uh, other people are, uh, you know, updating their dApps and creating things. Um, you have like a, a lot of different, uh, organizations like coin hall who does charts. You have TFM who does like dex aggregation. You have all these folks creating things. And, uh, a lot of it's going to be coming out in the next couple of months, um, and fully functional, which will, um, sort of, you know, at the, hopefully we're at getting to a point where we are like at max FUD in the markets and, uh, you know, you know the down the downside risk starts to become much more limited hopefully and that way like people that get into these kind of things and learn about them very early on and kind of catch all the alpha end up you know riding the wave up uh next time around whenever that is um and i think it'll happen where the most interesting types of um like projects are going on like you know some people uh are having a good time on polygon some people are doing well uh, in arbitrum I think people are going to do well on the new uh, Luna chain. I think you'll have some new projects coming out over the next year or so, um, even in Cosmos, that could be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all about keeping up during the sort of market downturns where a really relatively tiny amount of money can be amplified um, if you know where to go and look and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, good times ahead. Um, Boz, do you have any other uh, com- comments? Can we just give a nickel uh, award? He's holding hands for so fucking long. He's oh, so Nick, nickel! <laughs> you're you're like yeah, you're making me pay attention, nickel. Nickel, what's up, man? Do you have any comments, questions? Yeah. Um, so, do you really think SPF had a hand uh, in Terra Collapse? And if yes. so, yes, for okay. sure. Like the the so, the, so after the people that, that run uh, the Mobi Exchange pretty much said so that's why i think that um yeah so uh, uh so after that uh, can we see a merge between like as a one coin is it possible i don't know no um yeah you, you could you could deprecate an entire chain and, and like airdrop a new coin or something weird but like i don't think it's necessary at this point like i think it's fine to have the the, the pair of chains you have a lot of new users they formed a new community they're doing neat things, right, on Luna Classic or whatever. Um, you'll have, like, dApps built maybe for both chains, possibly. You'll have, I think, cross-chain economic activity. You know, like, we can foster the growth of both communities and people can do different things on on each chain. I think it's fine. I don't think there's any reason to necessarily, like, merge them or something. But, like, uh, you know, there's no reason for, uh, like... Uh, you know, both groups not to help each other out and everything else. So there's enough competition out in the crypto space uh, where you have this, you share the same wallet and you're kind of fighting against each other. It's just purely idiotic. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like it's the silliest thing. So um, yeah, like, uh, I, you know, I think uh, like Bruce and myself, we had a bunch of Luna 
And um, our Luna Classic, be, you know, basically became, you know, worthless when um, the value went down. A lot of people that bought Luna Classic, you know, you could buy like our entire, you know, set of coins for the, you know, for the cost of like a cheeseburger or something. So you can understand how like there's no way, there's no matter how much the Luna Classic chain goes up in value, like those that lost in Luna can't get their money back in a sense. We would have to buy Luna Classic separately. And um, if we wanted to invest in that chain, that's the only way to uh, sort of like invest in that. Uh, whereas Luna, if we have existing airdrops from uh, like when the crash happened, like if the chain does well and, you know, there, it, it really grows a lot, I think you could credibly do like a 10 or 20 X and stay there at some point. Uh, that's very, very feasible. Um, like take, for example, I don't know, like the crypto.com, crypto.org blockchain um, uh, you know, it's got like, I think, uh, well, shit, I don't know what it is now, but it had like a, a one to $2 billion market cap. Uh, Luna right now is, has a market cap of only like what, a couple hundred billion, a couple hundred million or something probably, um, yep. after the drop. So it hasn't, it, it's easy to, um, for the price to go up if lots of people start using it, I think. So, um, yeah, I think, I think both chains can do well and, uh, everyone can work together and make cool shit. Like we were talking with the classic community this morning a little bit, and uh, they had all sorts of questions regarding uh, governance and how to um, organize themselves and like how to do decentralized governance. And that's a complicated problem. And, um, you know, different uh, groups like Y Foundry DAO and DAO DAO on Juno, different people are working on like a lot of different things to make that work, make it easier. But, um, yeah, there's definitely challenges ahead for everybody. No question about it. But like where there's challenge uh, and when, you know, the chains have been FUD to oblivion and the market has gone to shit, like that's when the gains can be made really as far as like, you know, um, like, yeah, it's easy for us to just shut off these like Twitter spaces and say, you know, fuck all, like the market's down, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, there's people that do that, right? They just disappear when the market's down. They're like, just give up on everything. But um, even even though we lost money, even though, um, you know, we, you know, uh, the, you know, UST and everything didn't do as well as we had liked, um, we're still here. And I think uh, we're still super interested in the ecosystem and building cool stuff. And there's a lot of good people like in the background. So this thing is like if you once you've like met everybody, right, you've met people from TFL, you've met people that have built all these blockchain products these dApps and everything and everybody got fucking wrecked. Like whether it's Delphi digital, it's like the people, even people like Astroport and everything else. A lot of people that deployed a lot of money got really, really wrecked. Like probably lost way more money than, than uh, some of us did. And um, you know, like you want to see all those people succeed again, right? Like if people stuck around, they continue to build, like I don't have any problem supporting uh, those folks who had to like, you know, kind of like survive that year um, you know, some of the developers and everything else, uh, like skeleton punks here and everybody, like a lot of people had to go through a lot of shit, right? Like, like it's been a really, really shitty year for everybody. And, um, I think it's better, like even this Twitter account that I have, like, it's pretty much all lunatics that, you know, you know, like followed me or whatever the fuck. And it's actually fairly difficult to, um, uh, get these kind of high follower accounts just arbitrarily. So it's, you know, I sort of feel like kind of a responsibility um, to sort of like uh, use it to sort of spread the word or whatever the fuck. Like if we can help some of the builders, we can help some of the people and get some value back in Luna and like 
make cool stuff that uh, people want to play with. I think that's cool. Uh, Punks, yeah, what's up, man? Well, you know, I just wanted to, to say that, like, one of the things that was uh, so desirable about the spaces you were holding is that they were these interesting uh, sh- strategy spaces. And, it, you know, at the time, those dApps were just being deployed on Luna. Now, that hopefully is what's happening again. The, the play was retain the builders, keep making cool stuff. We can keep holding spaces like this and learning how to capture equity in more interesting and uh, optimal ways. And we can now educate uh, the new people who've come into the space with why Luna became great the first time. Now we'll have a new paradigm shift of building the economy first instead of having the money first, right? But I mean, all the pieces are still here and, and, and we, have, we have the smart people still around to, to make it. So round two, we, we got to do it before the restrictions and sanctions do kick in. They are going to come down the pipeline. We have to have good infrastructure in place. We have to uh, start to help one another and not have interfighting 100%. Oh, you know what? Like, uh, that's an interesting point. Um, with all this sort of like so-called regulatory shit coming down, it's kind of nice that uh, we're building Luna right now without any significant like DEX exposure. Like you can buy Luna on, I think, Binance. You can buy it on KuCoin. But not a lot of places um, have it, which is sort of like a blessing and a curse in a way. If TFM puts in like the ability to convert atoms, say, uh, into Luna Classic or Luna, um, it sort of shields uh, Terra DeFi from any kind of regulatory concerns because, like, who are they going to regulate exactly? It's totally decentralized at this point. Like, there's not even a, a there's not even like a exchange like a shutdown. And not only that, but like both Luna Classic and Luna are some of the most decentralized uh, chains in the world now because of this big clusterfuck. Like, it's really funny. It's like it created a weird, this crash created a devastation of so many validators and different people. Like who in the world is going to like, you think Coinbase Ventures is going to come put a validator on here now? No, which is good. You think like, you know, know, Binance wants to run a big thing right now? No, not really. So this is actually good. Like it's it's a plus for decentralization, and it's um, like it keeps the so-called regulators and this, that, and the other thing out of the picture because there's nothing for them to shut down. There's no there's no s- centralized exchange for them to sort of like shut down and say no, you can't use this particular thing. And even if they wanted to, at the end of the day, like now Luna Classic and Luna, neither of them could be construed as securities, which is even more impressive, right? Like they barely have community pools. They barely like uh, have any reason to uh, like, uh, like they don't have big allocations of team tokens or any of that shit that um, was there before. So at this point, like you're, you know, really just outside of the realm of any kind of regulatory concerns as well, which a lot of blockchains are not in that position. What's that? You got a little bit of interference. You got like robot voice. Oh, sorry. Uh, hmm, I've got a good connection here. You sure it's not you? <laughs> can everyone hear me? Yeah, you're good. What can you guys say? Bruce, I think it was you. <laughs> oh, okay. One sec. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, a lot of interesting points like that are different than before. Um, both chains actually are fairly decentralized now, interestingly enough. What about also the fact that if, you know, it comes out in the wash and the rinse that uh, there was crazy uh, deception in, you know, I don't want to get too conspiracy theory, but, you know, we're going to find out what happened in these attacks. And I, I believe that Doquan has been honorable this entire time. 
you know, I believe he went down with the ship. You know, that's just my personal uh, feeling. And I think that we're going to find out that a lot of these uh, bigger players were playing like, you know, billionaire chess, wrecking people. And now what happened is, is so we've crashed now, what, eight months ago. And this whole time we took it on the chin. We, we kept building. Now everything else is crashing. But so now Luna is way ahead of the game again. And so now when we all can unite again, like uh, uh, like two moons dancing over the sky, right? Isn't that what wait, the video we made? That's going to be the goal. That has to be. That can you hear me? Happen. Okay. Yeah, we hear you good. Yeah, you're good now, man. Yep, that's the idea. Mm. Uh, I got to reconnect. I can't hear anyone now. Let's see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, Grin. Uh, some comments, thoughts. Oh, I, I was just stretching my arm. Sorry about that, guys. Um, no, actually, I, I do have a question. I, I missed the beginning of this. I was wondering. Was there any speculation or did uh, Quan reveal his hand about which chains he might be negotiating with for Luna and the Interchain Alliance? Oh, um, no, I don't think we got into that. Ears, uh, are, you, are you still there? Did you hear anything about that? Oh, I'm, I'm still here, but I can't hear. Was Grin just talking? Yeah, you've got to come back. It happened to me just now. Couldn't hear anything. Someone's trying to geolocate me, I think. I'm going to step into my Faraday cage. This is actually, that's actually a feature I have anti-OX ears enabled. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a good idea. Would uh, you reiterate the question for him, or is he coming back? Yeah. If it is a him, he's got this voice thing on, I can't tell. Here he comes, hold up a sec. Yeah, ears. Hello. You connected? <laughs> uh, ears. Uh, so the question Grin had for you was, was there any... Um, Alpha about who's going to be in the Terra Alliance or who he's approaching. Uh, oh. Who is Doquan approaching for that? Ooh, mm. we don't. I don't think we can reveal that yet, can we, Sefi? I think that that's on a need-to-know basis. You should totally yeah, get that, that information out. I think that's a bit. Yeah, it's not exactly. Um, yeah, he probably doesn't want us to say that yet. So never mind. But anyway, yeah, there's going to be a Terra Alliance concept built with like an alliance of chains and things to create sort of interchain activity and everything. So that mm -hmm. should be cool. Here's a question, Sefi. Out of um, out of everything he said yesterday, and um, everything that is known, what are you what are you most excited about personally? Mm, I think uh, if we can build sort of the. Um, it was kind of my question at the end of that discussion is I think if we can get to the point where um, the Luna blockchain is, like those said, kind of in that $100 billion market cap range, if we can get back to those type of levels, which, by the way, we didn't get to that height, even with the first Luna UST. But if we can get there, then um, the possibility of creating, creating some of the magical shit that I want, which is like Bitcoin-like. Um, immutable collaterals like uh, store of value coins and things on chain could be very, very interesting so that we can get IBC native collaterals on chain um, that are sufficiently decentralized, but we don't have to bridge BTC and things like that into the ecosystem anymore. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like, uh, I don't know, maybe the dream I'm kind of coming up with as far as um, what I'd like to see for the um, IBC and Cosmos. I'm not fully convinced that 
Adam can sufficiently uh, fulfill that role because of lots of different reasons. Um, but maybe that can be built, um, you know, parallel to the, the Luna moons or whatever. Maybe it'd be moon number three <laughs> would be this like a uh, Bitcoin like chain that has very special properties um, and maybe secured by things like Luna or Luna classic or some mixture of chains. That would be damn cool. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's partly what he said and partly my own dream of, like where I think we need to go with uh, with uh, the cosmos in, in general, but yeah, there's a lot of cool projects that are coming out that look fun. Um, so yeah, that's that's the word to pass on to people. And uh, by the way, like before you go out and go buying, you know, Luna or whatever, like the the vesting periods for tokens, uh, just for full transparency, like the vesting periods go all the way through November of next year. So people that want to sell their uh, Luna tokens that are vesting or you know the yield from them, uh, they're going to be able to do that uh, through the following November. Um, after that, like most of the sell pressure will be gone. Uh, but at the same time, if things continue to merge in that time period, there's going to be people that are not going to sell their vested Luna because because uh, you know the, if the market cap of Luna is only like maybe a couple hundred million or something. It's not that high to begin, you know, it's not that high. So there's not a lot of obvious reasons for me to sell my Luna, even if it comes out of vesting with that kind of price level. So I think a lot of people are going to think the same way, like, you know, what the hell, like, why would I want to sell it right at the very bottom? So I think there, it'd be good if like um, these new projects would uh, get us to maybe like a 10x of the current market cap. That'd be really good if we can sustain it there. It's all about having interesting stuff now for the, people to use and consume and uh, find a way to utilize, right? That's the next step for us. I just want to say uh, there is no point selling anything at this stage. Look, we already hit the bottom. There is only way up. That's it. Just try to accumulate, accumulate. And I think the the supply should be 100, mil, uh, 100 bi uh, billion. That's it. The, I think that should be max supply. 100 million so whoever got it got it fuck off if we get ibc hooked up in uh, luna classic to the rest of the uh, cosmos it'll be uh, very interesting to see what happens with the price um many people may not be happy with what happens <laughs> when that happens um yeah any thoughts on that sir um, what do you mean? Like, what would happen to the price with IBC? I can't imagine anything much will happen, really. I think it's uh, it's more of an idea than a than a reality. Like, there's yeah. some coins stuck and stuff, and there are some mild things that will happen. But I think a lot of Lunk investors see the opening as I of IBC as like a, an instant five x or something crazy. <laughs> like, it's some. I, do you remember that analogy I gave the other day of like the the men right. sitting around tribe waiting right. for the herd? Wildebeest to come through or something. IBC, 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 moon. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, or a one over five X. Well, it's not a five of X, but it, it's it's that they have now that the compatibility with the rest of the IBC family, which is going to be crucial if they want to continue to build. I mean, there's no doubt about that, right? Yeah, but but it's just like it's it's slow and gradual and small. Um, it's it's not like the opening of a floodgates and then like 
enormous oceans pour in, <laughs> something like that. I did leave a message um, on the uh, sort of the, the Rebels IBC whatever Twitter group and left a, left a message there um, as far as like what the timeline is for release of this stuff because people asked in the morning yesterday about this. Um, Sonny kind of responded briefly. He's like, wait, which part are you talking about? <laughs> then, I, then I said, well, I don't know, whatever timelines we have. And uh, they hadn't fully responded back to me, so I'm not sure um, what the answer to that is as far as like when the classic blockchain will get those upgrades finished uh, or when they're thinking. Just one, uh, one question. Uh, what do you guys think that uh, max supply should be? And uh, will ever be there uh, like uh, max supply? Because the last time I remember, used, we used to have total supply and we have a circulating supply and we never had the max supply. So that's the only people are scared that who who is going to guarantee that the, tomorrow no one's going to someone going to decide and mint more tokens. Mm, it depends, man. Like, first off, uh, you have to understand how validator networks on Cosmos work. Uh, with proof of stake, if you don't have a minimum inflation rate, then the only other way to pay the validators would be very high revenue on the network or some kind of taxation of like the transactions or like, you know, some way to replenish the Oracle pool or whatever, you know, whichever pool is going to pay the validators. So for there not to be inflation of the coin supply, and you have to have a way to make enough money to pay the validators. If you, in the next year, so many projects open up for whatever reason on Luna Classic and the transactions themselves can pay the validators, then no, you do not need to necessarily have, um, you don't necessarily have to have a uh, inflation mechanism. But um, from what um, I've heard from the validators so far, it's almost certain that some inflation mechanism will have to be in place. But remember like, you know, a mild amount of inflation is not going to make that much difference in the whole scheme of things. Like I know the burn merit narrative is always more fun, but some inflation guarantees the validators get paid, but you can also like make enough of a burn mechanism that it counter counteracts any significant inflation, perhaps if there's enough activity on the network. So uh, the best example of this would be like, so when Apple, uh, corporation makes a lot of money. They were over the last several years, they were buying back their stock, which is the same as like taking it out of circulation, very similar to burning it in a sense. And that has been valuable to stock investors of the Apple stock. Cause like they took revenue that they made by selling smartphones and bought the stock back from the users. Um, this would be similar. If you're making a lot of revenue, then you have something to burn the coin with. If you're not making revenue, then the validators still have to get paid or the, the blockchain will not function. So that's where you have to end up having some inflationary model. So I wouldn't get too caught up in the tokenomics stuff anyway. It's just not that uh, big of a deal in the grand scheme of things. The biggest thing that matters is building new projects that want to come and play on your blockchain. Uh, and that will bring users um, galore like you know so to get the next 10 million users whatever you need to have cool stuff to do and uh, whether that's games whether that's you know other dApps whatever i think like if you look at the ecosystems of crypto right now the gaming enterprises are the least um 
monetized in my opinion like entertainment sells no question about it like if you can create like really decent um uh, games that like really take advantage of the mechanics of blockchains not like just like oh look we, we're paying for our call of duty skins or some bullshit with crypto money no, no no that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about like games that are specifically made to take advantage of the special features of blockchains the various uh, coin mechanisms and uh, like the the you know the way validators networks work like like really uh almost like a like think about like okay you have the game of chess it has a board it has very specific parameters you wouldn't necessarily play call of duty on a chessboard right like like we have a chessboard here and we want to make we want to make games i think ultimately that fit the um like I don't know, fit into DeFi, fit into uh, like blockchain mechanics and stuff like that, and uh, could be really fun. Uh, and I think if we do things like that, I think you can bring lots of uh, revenue and lots and lots of players. Uh, not the play to earn bullshit where it's like you just print tokens just to like you know pay out people and then the market crashes and then it all goes to zero. But more like um, mechanics based games that people are actually willing to pay for, uh, like. It's a pay to play, and that brings actual revenue to the blockchain. Something really entertaining that people are gonna have a lot of fun with. So we'll see. Uh, uh, and, uh, just one that. more question: uh, in uh, in your opinion, and uh, on uh, opinion of Lang Dao, what do you think? What should be max supply of the Luna token in the future? After I said all that, I said the supply doesn't matter that much. You're still worried about it, Lang Dao. What do you think? about the max supply of the Luna Classic token? Um, <clears throat> I've heard these kind of questions so much that I just zone out. Like I was just eating some chicken and um, I was just concentrating on how good it tastes. And I heard nothing for the last like 10 minutes. I think it's really important not no. to worry about the supply or the price at the moment and have interesting stuff happening on the chain because if things and activity are happening, then you have options to implement some of these clever things that Sefi's been talking about. Hey, I don't know how to do the little hand up thingy. So I would just want to ask the question, what are we actually trying to do though? Like what is actually happening? I've heard so much random junk going out, but what is actually going on? We've not just like, this might happen, that might happen, but do you guys have any information that is actually happening that... I don't know. What the yeah, well, on, well, yes, uh, like some of the stuff we already mentioned today, like so for Luna, there's a lot of things happening. Uh, TFL is building a lot of things and a lot of previous builders are making uh, all sorts of dApps and whatever. So we know for sure that's happening. And then we know that like new tools are going to be implemented on Terra Station that will have it help both blockchains. Uh, TFM integration, which is a DEX aggregator, uh, will be pretty cool. Um, the ability to bring in other Cosmos assets so you can buy Luna Classic or Luna, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, those things are happening for sure. Okay. As far as like what can happen on Luna Classic, well, you got years of work to do. Like this is not like a five minute thing. Like you've got to track. Yeah, I've been holding since the, the day after it dropped. Yeah, and that's. I'm trying to explain to every cunt that I know that it's so much potential to it, and they're like, "But it dropped so much." I'm like, who gives a fuck? It might blow up again. It should blow up again. Give it a chance. I try. I, I work with old no, people. Old people think anything like this is a, a Ponzi scheme. No, I can. Trying to explain to them. 
Todd. The price can go down. Like, you know, uh, the price is not necessarily. Go up to <laughs> it's, it's not a ref- the price is not necessarily a reflection, reflection of the active building going on. Like, usually during times when it's like you're trying to grow the, the platform, you could have price go down. And if you believe in the project, then when price goes down, you get more of it, I suppose. If you don't believe in it, then you don't. Um, that's up to in people's individual discretion. But you do need to be aware that after a massive pump on Binance that Luna Classic had, a lot of those people don't really give two shits about the blockchain. You know that, right? Like, it's Yeah, they're just after the money. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people just bought it for the pump, and they're like, ooh, it's going up, and they bought it. So that's going to be there, and some of those people will sell. You need those people to be out of there. Um, so it's okay if the price falls. It just makes it cheaper for you. Um, a good friend of mine put 250,000 yeah. USD in it, and then it dropped 10%, and he freaked the fuck out and sold it. He put like, how much in? 250,000. 250K into Luna Classic, what, to gamble on it to see if it goes up instantly or what? Yeah, he bought it at the all-time high. like the Not the all-time high, but the, the new all-time high. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, throwing that kind of money would have been perfect when Bruce first mentioned it back in like, like when the Luna Classic first. Yeah, I've only ever ever made one claim. Like, if you read my tweets and stuff, I've never ever talked about the price or anything like that. But I did make one claim quite strongly because I thought it was very true, and I was like ninety nine point nine percent on it. And that was that at a hundred million or even two hundred million market cap that it was massively undervalued. Um, because you still had so much stuff there. You still had the validators online. You still had the apps. You still had the ecosystem. Um, you still had the the payout for validators for two years. You still had the possibility for governance. You still had the four or five million wallet installs. Like all of those things compared to the like 100 million market cap. And then you understand the, the crucial point that the, the, the tokenomic setup that led to the death spiral to zero was completely changed. It was rectified. The supply became fixed. The mint burn mechanism was turned off. So the tokenomics radically changed while at the same time having all of that infrastructure and all of those installs. So I was like confident in claiming then that like, hey, this is this is pretty undervalued. Um, in terms of what the value is now, and is that undervalued? No idea. Like, <laughs> like it depends on a lot of moving parts, right? It depends on the leadership now. Um, it depends on their ability to pull through and get funding and stay here and work on the chain and however good they are. Um, at, at four billion market cap, I thought it was overvalued because that's just kind of insane, <laughs> and it was like very much momentum. But now I don't know. Who who knows? Like the you, you only really prove the value with time. But one thing is for sure that it will take a while. Um, yeah. The, the Luna Classic blockchain it will take a while for things to happen. Um, because people need to put work in and do things and um, we need to connect the chain and and maybe benefit from Luna and other stuff. I, I think the more short term interesting thing is Luna just because so much has been built for the last six months. Um, but but my hope is that everything that is built on Luna will also benefit Lunk. Um, I, I'm massively hoping for that if the community can get themselves together and see the potential. Um, I, I think there's always a way of resourcefully using the situation whatever that is for the betterment of everyone so like that's yeah, my well, dream one of, the, one of the things the classic community can do that the, the the original luna community sort of understands really well is how to use actual uh blockchain dApps like whether it's you know check out skeleton punks or whatever and you know like go play using the actual terra station wallet and try some things if you and i'm not saying go waste a bunch of money i'm just like you know play a little bit here and there 
like, you know, try the different things. Like, I think there's an NFT marketplace, Miata or whatever that people are looking at as well. Uh, what was that game that they're working on? I'm not sure. What, I forget the name of it. But like, yeah, the, like Bruce covered some stuff yesterday. Um, there's different little things you can play with and just kind of have fun. But like, if you know, what I don't see very much of in the Luna Classic community, and that's this is my criticism, is that like, I don't see very many people actually like recommending getting the wallet and maybe showing little videos on how to use the wallet and how to, or maybe there is this stuff that I didn't notice, but like, uh, but like, you know, little short uh, threads and things of how to use the wallet, maybe how to go grab an NFT or whatever. And I don't see a lot of, yeah, people- make it dumb for people like me that don't understand how to use Binance or, or any other one. I know how to use eToro because it's simple as shit. I've got all my money on eToro. eToro it's the easiest app I've ever been on. It's you click, you buy, that's yeah, it. Like, Not, you have to do your, this to like, do that to get something else. Yeah, like go on your app store or something, grab Terra Station, and then start looking at it and then transfer a little bit of, uh, like, you know, Luna Classic there or whatever. And just like, I would see love to be able to do that, but with eToro, you can't. <laughs> oh, eToro, your shit's stuck there. Yeah, you yeah. They, I don't even think you technically own it. I think you own like uh, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, like, please, they own remove, it, but you have it in your, your money from eToro. Please remove your money Pardon? from eToro. Please remove your money from there. I mean, we just learned <laughs> that right now, stuff like this is not the safest play. I think everybody should be safe and be in custody of their own money. This is a lesson that we should all take very seriously. Well, I'm Australian, and back in the uh, about Christmas last year, I tried to get my money out of um, Coinbase, but because I'm Australian, you can't. You have to send it to another wallet to send it to another place to do something else, and I couldn't figure it out. I got scammed like all the money I had, which was like ten thousand Australian dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot of money, but to me, it was it's a ton of money. There is, so there is um, a place called There's an, a, a, a Orbital Command uh, is like a pillar of education in the Luna community. And if you go to their mm-hmm. Discord, uh, they will walk you through. And they have tutorials of, to do all these things in a safe manner. Uh, that's just one of the places that I would recommend to uh, try to get some safe information. Buzzy. Nice. Uh, Ozzy, let me yeah. tell you one thing. Just use CoinSpot. CoinSpot is the one of the, the safest exchanges. At least, brother, if they start to fuck up, you know where their office is. So Where? wait, what? In Melbourne. Oh, <laughs> I ain't driving to Melbourne. <laughs> Fuck that. I'd rather lose my money. Fuck Melbourne. Yeah, bro, brother. If they if they screw you up, you go to Melbourne, brother. Just to fuck them up. You know where's the office? You smash everything, bro. Find the motherfucker. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> before before he flees to Bahamas. <laughs> he's gonna he's he's getting on the vigilante uh, dap. Uh, he's gonna be <laughs> some Sorry, motherfucker guys. decides to rug everybody. He's gonna go and like take him out with a baseball bat or something. <laughs> Um, if hey, I knew how to do the hand, I'll do the hand. I actually, I actually use the uh, uh, coin spot uh, for staking. It's really good, brother. I'm telling you. So. All right. And they ha- really have a response, uh, quick response. Uh, they really have good customer, and you they even you can use their like uh, they have a uh, create now uh, Mastercard uh, or you can use on anyway, let's, not, let's not derail too far off the like topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. So John, uh, what's going on, man? Yeah, hi. I just wanted to mention because I heard you were talking before. So I'm too also, let's say, amateur at trading and all apps. And I also started with Luna and Itoro. But now I'm switching everything to Binance and staking. And it's really not hard. I, I mean, I, it took me approximately 15 minutes to find YouTube videos and, and how to buy Luna and, and Binance and how to transfer it to 
terrestation, how to stake it. So, I mean, for the guy that was talking before that he's using eToro because it's very easy. Buying on Binance and transferring Luna to, to uh, terrestation is not, it's not so easy like eToro, but it's really not, not hard. I mean, 15 million. Yes, but I bought them when it was really, 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 really cheap. If I buy them again now, I lose a fuck ton of everything. That's one of the other reasons why I don't really want to do it. I brought it when it was 0004, right? And I have quite yeah, a bit of money in it. If I yeah. do that, then at the moment, I'd, I'd lose like, what, like 50% of it, maybe? Some of, some of this, remember, guys, like some of the information we're providing is for everybody, not just you individually. So, like, when yeah, we're talking yeah, I know, about I know. stuff generic, Sorry. remember, it's like that if you get too deep into the like narrows of your particular problem, it's going to lose the entire audience. I know, I'm sorry. What we're going after, but yeah, vote contraire. What's up, man? Hey, hey, guys. I, I wanted to just compliment both of you, uh, Seppi and uh, and Bruce. You guys, I have to say, this has been the best space. I mean, I've been in a few of your spaces, and I have to say, I love that everything has been staying right on topic with with Lunk Luna. You know, building the future, what's happened. You know, really stay on topic, and I've really enjoyed also listening to everybody who's come on stage and I think there's been a lot of value added. It's been great. So a couple things. Um, first, it'd be great, you know, if we could do this regularly, if you guys do these type of things like community engagement type spaces where everything just stays right on topic and we talk about, you know, adding, you know, about the the chain um, and uh, any, you know, any, you know, things that are, that are happening. Um, I think it would be great for the community. Also, I do think I've been listening. I've been involved in one of the listening to one of the spaces that's been really kind of SBF, you know, S, uh, uh, FTX focused, uh, the one that's being done by Mario. Um, so and I've noticed like this, like this, oh, this, this theme that just keeps coming up. And it's so many people. I think, you know, there's there's just so many people who get wrecked in crypto because they come in for the hype and they, um, you know, and then they end up losing their money or they end up getting scammed. Um, I do think that one thing that as a, as a community Lunk, you know, Lunk classic could um, maybe make a point of actually really doing some education, like showing people, like really just focusing on some education on um, for people, you know, for, for, for people to come in and learn more about the basics. Cause I, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, I, I, without getting too into one, you know, into like, I do have one experience that I was dealing with somebody who had really was kind of a, a new person to crypto um, who didn't really understand like what, you know, what they're, they had all these tokens in their wallet that they didn't, I, I had never even heard of myself. So anyhow, um, so my point is, is that maybe like really just kind of like going to the basics and getting people engaged. And I think that would be a huge value add just all in all. And that could be something that, that attracts people in addition to everything else you guys, you know, everyone's yeah, doing. So sometimes, sometimes we do these highly focused sort of discussions. Sometimes we just screw around on the internet. Um, we do a bit of both. Like the thing is, uh, you run out of stuff to like talk about nonstop about the same thing over and over again. So like it, it's good if like other people also do similar spaces, not necessarily the same people over and over again, um, talking about different ideas, different topics. And people are doing that which is cool. Um, I, I, and I think uh, usually we're pretty open to answering whatever on any particular space, 
it doesn't really bother us. But yeah, the highly focused stuff like right now, because there are some new things happening, there's a lot of sort of news to report and projects that are being uh, deployed, like there's just more to talk about right now. And hopefully for the next few months, that will continue to be the case. Uh, for the last like six months, we really haven't had much to talk about, honestly, mm -hmm. like nothing going on, everyone wrecked and people sitting around building and like no one's telling us any new news. But mm -hmm. now a lot of cool stuff is coming up. I, okay. I would, I would oh, argue that most, uh, most serious talk in most spaces is a complete waste of time as well. Like there's often information being talked about and, and the latest updates in the market and whatever else, and there's no practical um, utilities in that information at all. So it's like, I often think that, that the serious spaces are a much bigger waste of time than having fun, because at least when you're having fun, you're having fun. Yeah, true. But it's also good to like, you know, to, you know talk about, there's actually everybody's involved for it. You know, there's a, there's a reason why people are in the space. You know, they have a common interest more than like often, you know, I'm not saying everyone, but yeah, in general, there's a common interest and a reason why people do join a certain space and are, and are following certain uh well i think forms. most of the time they're, they're looking for um certainty and information to act upon with their investments like do they carry on do they put more in do they go out do they exit they're looking for certainty and and 99 of the time they're looking in the wrong places right like and, at a guy screaming one dollar lunk or something but that's why it's been so good for this this has been a good space it's an example of you know really talking about what it takes for a for the you know to for the um uh for the chain to grant to gain market value or to you know uh and you know for the coins um you know like what like what it actually does entail you can't this i don't know i'm just not i'm not a trader i'm more of a long-term person you know i'm more looking for value and obviously and looking something with a uh uh, a thesis that that I resonate with, and I mean, I was involved in uh, Luna before the crash. Uh, so, but I'm, you know, and it's been it's been great to see what's happened in the community. Yeah, and also I, I think uh, sort of like I think there's different spaces for different things. Like for example, like really really basic stuff, I think is probably not the stuff I tend to focus on because a lot of people that listen to myself or Bruce or you know, some of the other folks, like we tend to want to like totally. foster not, conversations on a little bit more the advanced things, which, um, which like you can't get that easily either. And yeah, like, understood. I, I'm, I think I'm not what, talking about you. Yeah. Not, I think I'm, what happens, I'm not saying that you should, you should do the, do education. I'm just saying yeah, in yeah. general, there might be a, there's might be a value add for, you know, somebody there to be some type of yeah, um, that's which or, is why there's some way for people to get that information. But yeah, yes, I understand is, that you're not about you're not mm, talking if, about basic stuff. If I could see a direct conversion of, of being serious for an hour in space into millions of dollars into my bank account, then I'd be more incentivized to do it. But like, <laughs> there's nobody really paying me or rewarding me for being extra serious. So I just follow my natural curiosities and, and natural humor. And right now, like curiosity is is going up because of the the releases on luna for instance and conversations with doquan and stuff like that and i think it's the same with sefi as well we're just like following whatever we want to do at any moment in time and you can either come along with that or not it's 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 cool but like whenever anyone asks a question or has a um a need to know something i think we always answer like there's no there's no protest to it unless it's come up like a million times in which case you know just go read the tweets or something so I do have one question. Um, what's the latest on the, you know, I know we're, um, 
you know, with the proposals that are going on, I've been reading a lot of back and forth. Is there any clear direction on what, you know, what, uh, as far as like with the, this multi-sig wallet and uh, the off-chain assets and, um, and, and things like that? Is there Wait, which, which chain? I'm talking about, I'm just saying in general, these assets that has, there's been so much um, debate about on how to actually, how they should be managed and who should be managing them. I just, I'm just wondering if, if, if there's any, if there's anything, I know there's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of different opinions. Um, what's, is there anything that's kind of come to light and like, you mean like in the general blockchain space or like a specific chain or about, project or? I'm talking about, I'm talking about Lunk. Oh, for lunch. Okay. Yeah. You mean yeah. the TFL assets? Yeah. Well, the TFL, that would be one thing that I'm curious about. Like, what? Yeah. There's a, there's a few um, ongoing issues to resolve. Uh, I think the, maybe the, one of the first ones is just the legal side of it. Like, um, many of the original multi sig signers stepped down because of the legal risks of inheriting um, that particular set of money. Um, so, like, and even I, I stood down, like originally I was thinking like, oh, okay, I can um, just just maybe sign and, and not take a salary and just help out or whatever. Um, but I ended up standing down because um, okay. a lawyer I spoke to said, just just don't risk it. It's not worth it. Um, the amount of potential stress down the line and stuff isn't worth it. So many people stood down. I think Ed Kim stood down and others stood down. Um, and, and okay, that's one issue. The other issue is like getting the community to agree <laughs> on, on the people who run it. Um, which is really hard as it turns out. Like it's, yeah. uh, you know, the, the overall lesson from, from blockchain land is like, uh, have the blockchain be decentralized, but have the governance be a dictatorship. And that's the way to get things done. And like, <laughs> if you're doing anything else, then you're probably going to lose. Um, but like, yeah, that, that's, that's the two issues. I think as well, the people who are voting on it, like the, the, everyday person on twitter and stuff they don't understand the legal issues around it and they don't understand the high risk that people are, are put under for even doing it in the first place mm -hmm. um the the risk side of it and the annoyance side of it and the stress side of it and the potential invasions of privacy side of it are far worse than anything they could gain in salary <laughs> like like it's it's a pure charity more or less to even help out with that um you know like ed, ed kim and alex and others have been They've had their employers emailed and called and stuff like, oh, Alex is a sexual harasser. Alex is a racist. Alex is this. Like that That stuff has happened a lot already. So for people to really put their neck out and and be on these things and incur all of that stress, that is like a pure charity. It, it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> like That's one reason I stood down as well. It's like, no, thank you. I'd rather just enjoy my life. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm just wondering, you know, I, I just want to know whether or not uh, I know there's been so much back and forth. And I know even Doe yesterday on the call alluded to, you know, the fact that there's so many, there's so much talent and there's, so, um, there's a lot of really great, there are great people who have become, gotten involved in moving the classic chain forward. And um, he did allude to, um, you know, that that there is a little bit that the drama, I mean, like people like the community needs to come together and, you know, um, as far as like making like cooperating rather than. Um, yeah. And there's really no such thing as the so-called community sort of like fully coming together. If you get a large enough group of people, you'll have really, really dramatically different viewpoints when it comes sure. to things like monetary policy, to things like the vision of the chain, to things like how many people should be in governance to like people that want to be like 
you know, one group wants like a holacracy type of thing. Another group just wants a really, really light, um, super light, small government type of idea. Um, some people that are coders, they're not interested in becoming politicians and figuring out what all the different, you know, people want in this space. Like if they wanted to become a politician, they just go like run for office in their hometown or some shit. Like it doesn't make sense to spend that much time in governance for some of those people. So like, yeah, there's all these little different issues when it comes to sort of blockchain space. Um, we had the same thing, same kind of concept happen in the Terra space yesterday. At least one of the members of the community for the um, the Luna chain was like, well, like we want to not ha waste the community pool doing this, that, and the other thing. We want to make sure it's used super, super efficiently and only for perfect things, only for, you know, uh, uh, dApps that are going to be like gold standard and we're not going to waste any money. And I think, I don't know, that's not how corporations run. Like you always try to, you know, you'll get yeah, contractors yeah. and you'll fail on certain projects. Like, you know, Apple might have a billion dollar R&D department, but maybe only like, you know, 5% of everything they research turns into an actual product, for example. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of those kinds of things that like you have to understand about like running corporations, running venture capital and all this other stuff. And I think a lot of people have all these interesting sort of like viewpoints that aren't, you know, that may not actually result in any serious economic growth. Understood. But might, but might be really decent economic policy, for example. So, for example, you might take, if you take features of Bitcoin, for example, and you translate that into like the Apple Corporation, well, you're never going to get a fucking iPhone again. It's you're going to be on the iPhone 14 forever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so like that doesn't work if you're going to innovate. You need to have governance. You need to have all sorts of risk taking. You have to have people that are willing to sort of like. Um, stick their neck on the line, risk some of the community's money to go go like build some you know things, bring some developers in. Some of those developers are going to be assholes. They're going to be like they're going to literally rug pull you. In fact, it happened on the Huawei chain just like two days ago or something. They have a Dex on there called something or another, and that Dex, um, the developers they they gave them like a community grant or some money to build this Dex or whatever. And I'm not sure what happened, but they they rug pulled the decks and ran off with like three million dollars or something. I don't remember how much money it was, yeah. but point is like it, like these are the kinds of risks you take when you start bringing people in and you bring people, you know, like on paper, everyone's resume is going to look awesome. Right. But you're going to take risks as a community. And if you don't have the ability to take any risks, then you don't grow anything. If you take some risks, you could lose some money. But that's just how life is, you know, so you have to like people are going to have to make decisions. And not only that, but you'll have to support people that can fail. Right. Like Elon Musk shot up three fucking rockets, you know, that blew up before they got into orbit. And the reason that happens is because you have to allow people to fail to some extent. People learn hard lessons and then ultimately like move the thing forward. But like I think what many people want is like a perfect world, some weird utopia where like every project is perfect nobody's ever going to rug pull you no everyone's going to invent something brand new like amazing every time and um like it's just like people live in a tent like the community some people tend to live kind of in a fantasy land that's never going to be like a reality and um you could yeah. argue this both ways too you could you could waste tons of money and get nowhere or you could you know spend nothing and get nowhere as well and you just have to find the right mix i don't know it's uh, a yeah. thing you see a lot of um, human folly lately. Um, one, like one of the big things is like the, the average human's understanding of um, 
the necessity of failure and trial and error in innovation, like most people just don't seem to understand that at all. Like the, the entrepreneur's plight, like, like the, the need to fail to get further, the way the industry as a whole will grow and adapt and refine themselves and, and develop new models and learn from past and all that stuff. Like when you look at something like um, Luna and, and UST and its original incarnation and what happened there, what, what you're really seeing is like, if you zoom out like hundreds of years, you're seeing um, a, a failure that instructs the whole domain and you're seeing a loss of money and heartbreak. But the it's kind of weird because people don't apply the general principles of innovation when there's like their personal money involved for some reason. It's like a weird, a weird kind of fallacy. It's like um, when they look at a rocket being fired by a company or something and, and the rocket explodes, they think, okay, well, it exploded. Try again, you know. <laughs> but but with crypto, you get like the the massive upside. You get the thousand x upside in exchange for the downside, and and you get to participate very 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 early in innovation for the same reason that you get the upside. So like you you better understand how innovation as a whole happens, and you better understand that like when the regulators swoop in and everything is a certainty, all of those upsides will be taken away. So it's like a ridiculous thing. Um, another. Kind of. You know, you know, Bruce. Uh, just for reference, the um, the market cap of Boeing was like, uh, like I think it took like a massive like haircut. Remember when that Boeing Air Max jet uh, crashed because of like an autopilot functioning error? Yep. Um, like way more money than that was lost in like Luna or whatever, right? Like, like, and nobody sits there and says, "Oh, the people at Boeing are scammers." They, you know, created this autopilot thing to wreck the plane on purpose. They they rug pulled everybody and ran off with their money. No, it was just a failure of the technology, and it was a it was a risk they took to try to better the the plane's ability to prevent crashes. And it turned out to have the opposite effect. And guess yeah. what? Like a bunch of no, could have a lot of people have lost money. Sure. What if you had to retire on the day that the fucking thing crashed and your your portfolio's down like fifty percent or whatever? Uh, you're not a happy camper at that point. And people probably put significantly more amounts of money into Boeing than they would necessarily into, I don't know, like Terra or something. So like you could, like, you could lose a lot. It's funny as well, because like when you look at the deepest why, like what was Terra doing? They were building decentralized money, which is um, the, the goal of financial sovereignty, the separation of state and money for all people. That That's the goal. Whereas with Boeing, you're looking at like one of many aircraft companies <laughs> like it's kind of silly like in, in terms of big picture utility for mankind like one is much much more important than the other and and you know it's actually you know it's actually kind of funny bruce now, uh but boeing's market cap is 104 billion dollars and they make jets that fly all over the planet like an ethereum's market cap is like what like like over 200 billion dollars it's just funny yeah. how how crypto is like in many ways like hyper overvalued yeah See, i was gonna stuff. say like, so th there's that like general misunderstanding in most humans, they don't understand that. Um, the other thing you see in governance a lot is is 99, well, maybe not 99, but like 95% of humans uh, do not put time into their decision-making framework. Like when they're talking about the use of $4.1 million of funds or whatever, um, they might be arguing different uh, setups and different models and stuff, but you see almost none of them understand the importance of time, which is really interesting because like, Whenever I talked about it to start with, I was like, look, you have all these smart people here who have a deep understanding of the chain. You have them willing to work 
um, you have this this tiny fraction um, of a percentage of money, which, by the way, was found rather than like existing in the community pool um, relative to like the one point six or two billion uh, market cap of of Lunk. Like you would have to be stupid to risk losing those people, because if you lose those people, uh, you lose a massive percentage more. Uh, I don't know. Like I was saying the other day. Like, if you lose Ed Kim and Zaradar and uh, guys like that, how much of a hit does Luna Classic take? You're talking like 20% plus, right? <laughs> or like even more, um, because a lot of people's conviction to invest in the chain and remain here centers around their belief in the leadership to put it all together and to move forward. So like you should be willing to compromise and allow people to move forward um, in the interest or, or the understanding that... Um, a loss of time can allow those people to leave, you know, and, and like time is everything in this game. You need to get yourself together. You need to make it easy for those people to have um, a certain future and a security in this thing. Otherwise they disappear um, because those people have such a high opportunity cost. It's like, it, it's insane. And it's already stressful being here. So like, <laughs> quite funny. yeah, like when I remember when Steve jobs died, like, like Apple stock took like a 45 or, like maybe 45% haircut. That's a massive drop like for a major company uh, for the death of one man. Remember that? I don't know if you remember like what happened there, but very uh, interesting times. But like, like you don't want those type of things necessarily to happen uh, to your chain in the sense that like, yeah, it doesn't have to be any one person to do the coding or the leadership, but you do have to have a credible uh, team in place that the community approves of that is going to do a good job, whoever that may be. And um, you want to get those things taken care of as quickly as possible, build confidence, and then people have things to sort of like say positive about mm. any blockchain. Mm. Yep. I found in, in situations like this, um, just, just from my own business experience as well, like I founded, I think it's like seven different businesses now in the past. Um, the other interesting thing is that usually, and also observing other businesses and consulting them and stuff, the interesting thing is that usually the right people appear, like somehow organically out of the mist, they just appear, like the Ed Kims and the Zaradars and whoever, they just appear. And more often than not, um, you see businesses uh, or, or these blockchain organizations kind of squander those opportunities. Like I, I've seen businesses with all the right people, literally all the right minds, um, all the right intent, all the right motivation. I've seen them fall apart because somebody failed to appreciate or utilize all of that. Um, just through their own like blindness or lack of discernment or whatever. I'm talking about like a CEO character who had every resource imaginable to make a success, but like failed to use it. And I, I see kind of um, the same thing happening with Luna Classic, like having all the right resources, but somehow this like <laughs> this, this community or whatever just is not really using it right now or not supporting it in the right way. Um, and I think maybe the majority of people are quite blind to that so far yep. uh apex what's up man hey what's going on living the dream uh you have any questions comments about anything today well yeah i was interested in listening to what bruce had to say i mean you know i mean you know i'm a simple investor and you know, honestly i just want to see this thing uh, as pernicious it may be grow and uh you know i'm i'm a dedicated token holder if you will and I buy more each week. I cost all average. But honestly, I mean, I don't really give a fuck who is at the head of it. 
Um, I know Ed, Zodar, and all those guys were there from the start. And I think their their motivations are good and true. And uh, you know, I I just want to get us have long get our shit together and just move forward. Um, I know people have big personalities, but half of them don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I'm not claiming I do either. <laughs> I just want to have it move forward. Um, you know, that's really all I have to say. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, when people are available and they build in a time when the system is in absolute distress, like with almost no like direct clear benefit to themselves, then, uh, you know, that's probably, um, you know, that establishes some credibility, but also just the ability to execute over a period of time, I think should, you know, is something that might increase their credibility. Um, like you should never, of course, assume that, uh, you know, just cause people claim that they have goodwill or whatever or not, whatever, they're going to do a good job. Like there's plenty of rug pulls that start and end exactly like that. Like, like I think, uh, skeleton punks, uh, uh, maybe you can fill in what happened to the guy that uh, sort of rug pulled your project and fucked you guys over. Like, did you get a good sense that this person was going to do this or did they seem like a really good person until it happened? Oh, I mean, I would go so far as to say that they're still an active person trying to like do weird things in the Kuji community all the time. They, they stole $350,000 three weeks after mint. Uh, we had one of the most successful mints in Luna. Uh, our community decided to commandeer the entire project from him. And uh, if he continues to pop up, we're not broke now. So now we will uh, look for, take legal actions against this individual to be 100% honest. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like, but did you feel like this person that did this rug pull and sort of like took funds from, from the project no, and the community, did they, did they seem like a bad actor at the time? No, like they were heavily involved in almost all aspects of Luna. They they infiltrated for months and uh, they made everything seem great, to be honest. Yeah. And this is the problem with vetting people. Like if you're in one of these communities and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to hire this developer to do X, Y, and Z. The reality is you don't know for sure that they're going to do a good job. And you don't know for sure they're not going to like do anything malicious too. It's one thing to sort of do a bad job or maybe be in over your head or something, or maybe some innocent mistakes, right? But then there's the people that do like weird malicious shit too. So I think as a, as a general community, you should be aware that like some portion of your budget will be wasted on stupid shit. That's just how it is. And I mentioned this earlier yesterday, like in a commercial real estate project, it's not uncommon to have like a 20 or even 30% or more contingency budget for budget overruns for things like, I don't know, like uh, maybe the plumber puts all the plumbing in wrong and has to be torn out and redone again. Or maybe like you get to some part of the project and you're like, I don't know, they don't have enough floor tile or something. You have to order something more expensive or something because that's all that's available. These kind of things in commercial uh, business are very, very common. And they're not always within the control of like either the community or the teams that are involved and things like that. So you have to have some leeway for sure. But at the same time, like if someone's going to just be malicious, I think the reality is you can never really protect against that fully. Um, and many of the, uh, many blockchain projects don't have the benefits of like what you do in commercial real, real estate, for example, where contractors are actually insured. So if they fuck up, maybe they put the plumbing in the wrong place or they, um, the architect has designed the thing wrong and part of the building falls down. 
like architects have insurance, the commercial uh, building project has insurance, and you have a way to recoup, recoup some of that so your business doesn't sink into oblivion, right? Whereas in blockchain space, you don't have any of that, those insurance protocols. You don't have a way to be certain the developer is going to do their job or is not going to wreck the chain or some shit. So that's something when you're buying, you know, that's just a warning. Like when you're buying your coins, or whatever, you're buying whatever blockchain thing you want, like your, your investor or whatever in the token or whatever, you have to keep in mind that those risks will be there. And therefore the allocation of your capital shouldn't be, Oh, I'm going to put my fucking life savings into these things. Like, like, you know, like, the people that got wrecked the most, whether it was Luna, whether it was, you know, Voyager or anything else that happened this year, like are the people that went too fucking crazy with their money, don't know what they're doing and just stuck too much in there. And then something got wrecked. And then it's like, oh, shit, like my my money's stuck. You should have other things that you do in life. Hey, and, um, hey, uh, I take that person. <laughs> yeah, I did not learn that lesson. I didn't yeah, learn that lesson Bruce, at all. Bruce, <laughs> yeah, Bruce uh, uh, over uh, leveraged himself. He had too much money in one project. and. No, but like you really should be um, realistically. I mean, you should have things spread around a bit. You should. Um, so the same way, like a developer may not like keep all of their lunk you pay them in lunk token. They might diversify and I don't know, maybe buy food with it or maybe buy like rent or something like you should be diversifying in that sense, not have like all your shit in one place. But uh, as a community, you shouldn't like ex you oh, should expect only so much out of a contractor or developer. Like, don't expect perfection. You won't ever get it. Hold on. What are is you, food? You, I just confront Sefi here because uh, that's not tolerable. Um, are you advising that people in this call sell their lunk and buy food? I, I recommend eating. It's a good thing. I recommend paying the rent and the bills and everything else. Right? Like, it's pretty good financial advice. So you want to put cell pressure on Lunk in order to feed people? Yeah, you I could suppose sell I some comic books instead. Down. You don't have to sell your Lunk. Yeah, there's something else you could uh, sell. You know, there's weed. Like, like, yeah. like there's always things. If you look around you in your house, Seppi, there are probably items that you can sell, like vases. And, and if you were in a hotel, maybe you could take the towels and take them to the street and sell them for a little bit of money. I don't think there's any reason at all for you to sell your lunk stack. There used to be a 10 year old kid, you know, outside the barbershop, you know, and he would sell his drawings, you know, for like $5. And, you know, I and my dad, like we saw that, you know, we, we thought that was, you know, that was dope. And, you know, we would give him some, you know, some money and I would, teach him how to draw you know like on the like on the weekends when i was whenever i was free and whatnot but it's all to say you know there's plenty of things that you can sell in this world you know uh, it's just yep. it all comes Mo down to what the market's willing to bear but i had a separate question um on a rather different topic it's kind of uh, on a previous topic that we were just talking about or that seppi was just talking about because yeah was, go ahead man Okay, and it kind of stems back to uh, you know what you were discussing yesterday, you know, with regards to the accountability and such, um, and the risks uh, posed with you know dealing with uh, with developers who may or may not have your intentions at you know um, at heart. Wouldn't I mean? Because uh, a lot of people are you know uh, proponents of doxing for accountability, but would you agree? And if uh, and if so, please you know. Please make that loud for the people in the back. Is there or is there not the risk of an increased tax 
vector or surface, you know, for those who end up doxing themselves, you know, for the name of a project, like say you have kids and, you know, uh, this information is put out there such that, you know, you, you know, you as a father or mother receive, you know, say a phishing attack and are, you know, uh, subjected to a phishing attack, you know, that came at the behest of uh, impersonating a school administrator or a teacher, you know, that could end up getting your keys forfeited and the control that you have over a certain protocol or a chain, you know, to be uh, subject to the risk of, you know, whatever exploit that your power in that position kind of holds. Or say you were, you know, taped down to a chair, you know, um, because they know you who you are, and, and it just took, uh, you know, a, a screwdriver to your knee, you know, to your kneecaps, or yeah. a hammer to your, yeah, uh, you know, to your hands, like, right? Like, yeah. Isn't this well, a matter the, of like kicking the can? The um, the funny thing is that that these uh, these things have already happened just for writing proposals which is really fucking funny. Like Alex and Ed and, and I think another person have had their employers emailed and their, their um, employers phone called and stuff like that already to say they're sexual harassers and racists. Wait, who? who? Say that again? Well, for one, um, ask Alex about his history. He's had his employers contacted about 10 times by random people to say what a criminal he is and how he's a racist and a sexual harasser and whatever else. Um, it, you're seeing like the very edge of these things, um, with the yeah. risk of being docked. Now imagine, imagine if, uh, they're in control and the price goes down and imagine, uh, the average human level of rationality when it comes to, to blaming people and assigning, um, and discerning who's actually responsible for that. You're getting a horrible, um, <laughs> you're getting a horrible, like flood of people who's going to come and get you, um, or at least try to make your life very difficult. Yeah. Like I don't trust. I don't trust the crypto mob as far as I can throw a stick. The number of people that are retarded in this space are beyond measure. And I'm going to say that like quite readily. Like, there's no fucking way it makes sense for people that are building on blockchains to be, uh, it makes zero sense to be doxxed, quite frankly. Um, I think it's a bad idea all around, unless you're building something like fairly benign. I think if you're a core developer, like it's a straight up attack vector just generally. But the problem is, how do you trust people with a blockchain if you don't know who they are? And you have this back, you have this like continued problem of trust. But like, yeah, if I was Alex or whatever, and I had that kind of flack, you know, sent towards my employer, like, like, what the hell, man? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there is no amount of money you're going to be able to pay me to be able to sort of like wreck my reputation or something like that. That makes no sense at all. Right. And there's a weird situation as well, like where the the more competent people are, or maybe the more they've built up in life or the more of a reputation they have in real life, the the less of a, a reason there is to dox because the more they have to lose. So it's like, if you set up the requirement of needing to dox to do something like this, uh, the more smart people you generally lose. Yeah, like you, the other thing too is like, if you underpay them, then they don't have any real like, you know, it's not worth taking the risk because now they're taking a risk at their primary job, which could be affected in some way. They might be taking some sort of legal risks, possibly, if something happens uh, with the chain or something. Yeah, who the hell wants to handle all that nonsense for, like, unless they're getting paid serious money? Wait, people are making money here? Well, if you want a developer that can run a, the core devs for a blockchain, yeah, they should be making money, I would hope. He was joking. Still so. trying to figure that out. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I'm just like, just, he, he, he just, yeah, no, nobody's making any money. Um, 
<laughs> Post Bazi, what's up? You had a question. No, I just uh, want to say, uh, look, we can't judge people by ourselves, ne neither by our integrity, neither we can judge ourselves by people, you know. We are all different. On end of the day, uh, look, what when we invest the money, we should in definitely invest what we can lose. But if we gain some profit on the way, it's a good. But like, on the end of the day, we can't blame neither Quo, neither anyone else. It's a risk. Nothing is guaranteed. It's only guaranteed we're going to die. That's only 100% guaranteed. So on the end of the day, we are only responsible for our own actions. And whoever blame Quo or someone else, he can stick that sh shit to their ass. It's bullshit. And on the end of the day, I support him, and I'm here there all the way. On the end of the day, uh, I can't lose more than I already did. So Wait, good luck. Hold, on, hold on, hold on. Weren't you the same guy who was going to go to the office and smash some shit up? Me never. No, I was saying, I was saying like uh, the 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 office in uh, if they fucked up the 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 coin spot and say if they screw up for the money because it's in, already in Australia, so it's, it's yeah, I know. Change. <laughs> I know. You were the same guy saying like you got to take personal responsibility for losses. Exactly. By beating the fuck out of them. Yeah, totally exactly. contradictory. Take the, totally contradictory. Take the shit in your own hands. <laughs> yeah, like, anyway, if I was these people, like, you know, like, you come mess with me, I'll just make sure there's, like, a drone strike on your head and, like, finish your ass off. Like, there won't be any of this, like, warning or whatever. There won't be a legal battle and all of this nonsense, right? Like, that's not how the that, world works. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know? Oh, you just reminded me of something, Seth. I got a... Uh, a message to this Lunkda account yesterday saying, can you help me buy a drone in, in Ukraine for $20,000? Let me find this thing. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Did you help them out? <laughs> like, did you use your contacts to get them? A yeah, job? yeah, yeah. Just, I just sent it across. It's for a better world. Yeah, it's a better world. Yeah, you got to help the Ukrainians with their problems, no question. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in either case, yeah. So if... By the way, if anyone uh, missed out, we could kind of recap it for a minute. But like, um, you know, Doe and uh, TFL and some of the okay. gang uh, got on. See onto Alex it. in the uh, spaces. You know, we were just talking about them. Oh yeah, if Alex wants to have feel free. Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, yesterday the recap is is that Doe had a event on Twitter Spaces with the uh, interviewer Zach Guzman. That was pretty boring. Not a whole lot of news there. Um, it wasn't particularly negative or positive. It was just a bunch of softball questions and silly shit. Um, wasn't particularly that helpful. Afterwards, we had a bit of a convo with Doe about some of the new projects that are coming out. Um, kind of a private conversation about kind of the different projects that uh, TFL is working on for the Luna blockchain. I think some of the things that you guys have heard of, like Feather and other things, we were kind of gathering details on for how the next few months are going to go. And then like some of the uh, project leads on different uh, components had a chance to weigh in a little bit. Like there's talk of, you know, TFM.com. Uh, you can check them out right now. They're going to be um, potentially integrating on TerraStation, sort of a DEX aggregator, um, which can uh, lead to sort of integration with Cosmos stuff as well as Lunk and uh, Luna. Uh, there's going to be some stuff like... Um, uh, what else? Uh, there's going to be a whole host of dApps for uh, Terra that they're building that uh, they believe are visionary. Uh, the biggest project on Terra is going to be the Feather protocol, which is going to allow people to spin up like new blockchains that are subchains of Terra for Luna. 
And um, yeah, some of that has already been, of course, public knowledge, if you hadn't heard it all, of it already. But yeah, if there's any doubts about whether or not Doe and TFL are building shit, um, we can assure you that uh, they most definitely are. And uh, so don't believe everything here in the uh, media and all the nonsense about, I don't know, fucking red notices or God knows what else. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, there's plenty can happening. Yep. Can I ask you a question? When you look into your heart and reflect in a quiet moment, do you think that Do Kwon is one of the greatest founders of this century? Of the century? The 21st century. Um, wait, is like in reference to who exactly? Do Kwon. Yeah, the greatest of all time, perhaps. Is that what you're trying to get me to say? Or no, this this hundred years span of history. When you when you look forward at what Do Kwon might produce in his life and what you've seen of him so far, do you think he's one of the world's greatest founders? Mm, world's greatest. I don't know about that. I think in the blockchain space, he's one of the 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 better uh, producers of goods. Uh, like overall, though, mm, mm, I don't know. I don't oh my! Think, I don't think so. He's not my god as much as he is he, yours. He got, he got, he, he got the doll, you know. Oh my! I'm gonna. <laughs> send it's probably this. too early to tell. Give him some time, you know. With everything that's happened, I think you know. Give give him time. Maybe this guy yeah. doesn't trust easy like like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I only asked so I could send the recording to Doquan. Uh, so yeah, I know that's what you're trying to get me to do. You you're won't be attending any of these calls in future. Some sort of like I don't know, like I think I think you intimidate him a little bit with that question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he actually didn't know how to react. <laughs> you know, <laughs> next time, Sefi, next time you go to join one of these Zoom calls, you will not be let in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It's yeah. If if you hadn't reminded me that it was going on, I wouldn't have even noticed probably. <laughs> So yeah, indirectly you're the gatekeeper of the uh, the Doquan uh, secret that room. Good. Actually, you, you actually I smile a lot. I start to cry. <laughs> anyway, the the correct answer is that Doquan is the second coming of Steve Jobs. He's the greatest founder, the greatest entrepreneur anyone has ever seen, and what he has achieved in his life so far is not point not 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 one percent of what he will achieve in future. And you better damn believe fully in him because by being obedient to him, by being loyal to him, by sacrificing uh, everything you have, your body and mind and your soul and your heart, psychologically, spiritually, every single level, your body, everything to him, he will save you, he will redeem you. He will allow you to live a life of prosperity. Do not- oh, we are oh, I've heard this one, I've heard this one before. <laughs> I believe I go to heaven too. <laughs> Some people are not like what I put on my <laughs> Hmm. The apex you were saying. <laughs> he doesn't know how to react to that. I, I couldn't hear you. Christ. Oh, that's Jesus Christ. You know, the opinion, everyone's having their own opinion. Opinion is like a shit, you know? Everyone's have one. <laughs> <laughs> hey Gabe, what's happening? Not much. Thanks for allowing me on stage as always. Um, with the feather, um, in Terra Luna, this is basically the continuation of their vision they had um, prior to their collapse. 
uh, if I recall. Well, at that time, I don't think all of the technologies for uh, sort of like IBC and interchain security were fully realized. So I don't know that these things were possible at that time. Um, so I don't recall hearing something like this at the time. Like what Doe was said he was working on was something to incorporate like uh, like labor and paying people for their labor with sort of like an on-chain system where like, let's say for example, developers get a track record of, you know, like maybe delivering products or something, you would keep track of that on uh, a protocol. And then like uh, that would be like an on-chain resume of sorts to then um, be able to, to pay developers or maybe deploy like funds over a period of time. So yeah, I think some kind of like payment, like uh, what do you call it? Like a payroll type of thing which accounts for people's time and everything was something he was thinking about back then. I think that's a very different thing. And I think they're still working on stuff like that. But I think that is, um, yeah, something on the radar. But that's what they were talking about around the time of the collapse that he was working on um, before, like, all of this drama happened. These things, the, the Terra Feather protocol is a relatively new thing. And, um, you know, it's it's an addressing some of what TFL sees as difficulties in the blockchain space with spinning up and maintaining blockchains, uh, maintaining these RPC endpoints and other sort of like validator concerns and like making it a lot easier to use a fresh new blockchain. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of what the Feather Protocol is all about. And uh, it could bring a lot of economic activity to Terra um, if they execute this well, I think. Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm having a look at the the test net now. I'm I'm scoping around, prying, like being a bit nosy. And uh, there's a lot of like nearly uh, <laughs> there's a lot of activity around Story Protocol, which seems to be the job marketplace. Um, so people can can offer work or um, submit work or whatever. Uh, and that seems to be maybe one of the first things that might go live um, because it seems to be in like near readiness aha uh -huh. that's the benefit of going playing on testnet by the way which anyone anyone can do like you could just go on your terra station wallet you know how there's like classic there's mainnet and there's testnet uh you can go and play on the testnet and find out what dApps are running on it check it out and uh like uh i don't know test them out or whatever that's the whole point of that network but sometimes you can find alpha in terms of like what new things are coming out by checking with testnet or go to like uh the commonwealth or agora you know where you know the terra forums are and some of the discussions happen there as far as what kind of new stuff is coming out as well so then it'll give you links to where you go for the testnet and everything um where's the best place that you're finding for links these days bruce like is there a spot that you go to well i i, uh, I prefer to just uh let my advantages be private, Sefi, and uh, because otherwise I will not be able to make as much money. Um, th this this game is very much about having an asymmetric information advantage, yeah. and I don't intend to lose that to you people. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like Bruce and I, we try to learn about all these things before everyone else, 
so we can get our money in first. So fuck you guys. <laughs> so no, the, uh, I'm, I'm, you, I think I'm most trusted guy here. You can tell me right, later. You can message. Yeah, we'll we'll message you. Um, yeah, like uh, it's important to kind of like if you're researching very deeply, you're gonna find out about things. And um, like you know, we enjoy talking about them and having fun. And uh, I think some of it is like just karma. <laughs> like if we give up a lot of free alpha then what ends up happening is a lot of people give us a lot of free alpha, like developers and things, you know, from people talk to us and stuff. And uh, like, you know, we, what goes around comes around. If you're just like a stingy bastard, you're always kind of like keeping all the information to yourself and like, you know, waiting till everyone else shows up to make you rich. And that's all you ever do. Then like, you know, people don't trust you and stuff. So uh, yeah, it's, it, it's easy. It's good to have the ear of developers and everybody else. Um, Share, and, sharing, uh, sharing, sharing is caring. Yeah, sharing is caring, exactly. So we're, yeah, <laughs> we joke around, but I mean, we're like, I, there's there's very little information like mm. that uh, I don't mind sharing as long I as. I don't know. I'm just telling you generally, I have really yeah. had a good time with you guys. Uh, even with all this shit that's happening lately with the crash and the people losing money, I still feel uh, with all this uh, positive uh, uh, vibration. I feel really good, brother. I don't give a shit. I lost many things in my life, so who cares? Another thing, you know, how they say, you fucked up. You're going to fuck up tomorrow too, brother. But that doesn't mean you should stop, you know, giving up on things. You yeah, like we bought, it. Bruce, how many times do we buy things way too high on Terra, right? Like, I think we bought like... Oh, do you want to know the worst thing that Jesus, I, like, yeah. <laughs> we, I, put we, in, I put in like $200,000 into uh, Terra Flocky. And it went down to like zero. <laughs> <laughs> you did what? <laughs> you bet on Terra Floki. Well, yeah, when I had silly money, I was like, okay. fuck you, the first game, the first game. And then like I put in something like 200K. No joke. There's a, there's a video of me buying <laughs> like 100K blocks. I was like, I'm buying now. And I recorded it on video. I'm like, I'm buying 100K. So there's a video of me doing like a 100K order just for a fucking laugh. You're that's that when that's, I had, had to cause that big spike in the price. That's when I had like silly oh my money. God. Usually, usually people when they invest <laughs> that kind of money, they they didn't earn that money hard. So that was for you. Must be fun. I think I think, I, I, think I paid like something like. Yeah. If you earn that money and you have a, a don't just have that money and bro, you don't see us a joke. But if you have millions, two hundred brother for you is like a joke. Yeah, I yeah. mean at the time joke but now now i've become poor again <laughs> i think i think i bought like i don't remember how much ne well, nexus protocol welcome back brother <laughs> i don't remember at bruce how much i bought a nexus protocol for like i think like three dollars maybe like two to 250 or something and um it had had this big it had this big pump and it was kind of on the way down i was like oh, i better buy a little bit and it went from like 250 to like i don't know like a nickel or something remember that like that was just uh, the funniest thing. Uh, Everyone's blaming Tundra for it, <laughs> but definitely go get your money back from Tundra because he scammed you. Well, did he did he make back his money in those monkey JPEGs that are crashing now, or what? I don't know, man. Like like it's scam after scam with that guy. Go get your money back. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, like the, yeah, the Nexus protocol was just funny. Like it was a pretty good team of builders and everything, but man, they had the worst launch and they had like no liquidity. And the coin price pumped into it, like just ridiculous territory. And um, like it was one of the earliest protocols on Terra. So it was like everyone was kind of waiting for these things to come out. And everyone jumped in all at one time. And like the price pumped like crazy. Um, yeah, you have to be totally careful about those things. 
um, I think I think a lot was learned over the last like two years regarding like how to do fair launches. And mm-hmm. I think like Astroports was fair. Um, yeah. LPPs. You know, yeah, LB lock lock drop uh, protocols and stuff like. Yeah, that that's just a much more fair way to release a token. I thought um, it made a lot of sense. Would it be a rather conflict uh, if? Like a protocol was like doing multiple types of drops, like a stake drop, lock drop, all at the same time, or would that like just improve the uh, you know the fair launch um, you know value? Know. Of- yeah, I'm not sure. There's different ways to do those things, um, and it allows like natural price discovery without the creation of a security token type of concept, um, and it makes it so that like just because you're particularly wealthy doesn't mean you're going to get a serious advantage. And also, just because you're early to the knowledge of the existence of that protocol, you don't get necessarily a major advantage either. So lock drops uh, are really a great way to release tokens. And I think that has become the standard in my mind um, of how to release these things, both for the creation of the LPs, uh, the liquidity pools, and also for the creation of the... um, actual like token value uh price discovery itself uh astroport did a great job creating that kind of um like tool set and i think white whale used it and maybe some others use the same thing i, I think, think mars should, protocol also mars yeah i think it'll be great to see that more uh in the coming year for new protocols who want to launch tokens uh to make it much much more fair for people so that like yeah it, it avoids most of the drama of what kind of launch is it again? I didn't hear that. Clear. It's called a it's called a lock drop. Um, it's like so. The, what you do is like you'll introduce a token, right? And that token will be way overpriced when you open it up. So let's say um, you know you open up a you start a token sale and it starts at like let's say a hundred billion dollar market cap. So it's just ridiculous, right? It doesn't make any sense. Nobody should buy it at that price, right? And nobody will, hopefully. And what happens is, is the price starts to fall in an algorithmically determined way. It's, you know, it'll go from like, let's say it starts at a dollar, then it'll go to 99 cents, 95, 90. Did and Chihuahua do that? What's that? Did Chihuahua and Osmosis do that? Or did- mm, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I'm not sure. But this is something that emerged relatively recently in last year. So I don't know. I don't know that they did necessarily because that's a... The, the technique was sort of like, I think, pioneered by Delphi to some extent, or maybe they copied it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, think they- I, was reading the, uh, I was reading the PDFs on uh, Delphi's uh, website regarding that. And I think it's like some type of Dutch or Japanese auction style. Yeah, there's two, pro- there's two problems the you're solving. There's a bidder. There's two problems you're solving. One is this, this like, or several problems, actually. One is the price discovery problem, Why where problem? you get this crazy pump and dump thing. The second is how do you capitalize the LP, the liquidity provider, um, uh, like uh, pool initially, and then the third thing is how do you prevent the whole thing from becoming a security token so that you have to face like regulatory scrutiny. So these are some of the big like problems that need to be solved. I think they did a good job solving them uh, with that methodology. And I think the so anyway the price gave price price of the token falls. It falls. It falls. It falls algorithmically. And it's like an auction where the lower it goes, the more people start buying it, right? And at some point, you'll find a bottom. Um, you know, where's that bottom going to be? At what market cap for the coin is that going to be? I don't know. It, you don't know because so that's the gamble, right? So you just go and decide, okay, well, I'm going to buy more as the price falls. 
there's going to be a price at which I think I'm comfortable buying this thing. And then everyone can make a decision for themselves how much they want to pay for the coin. Does that make sense? Like it's an auction. So that prevents yeah. the problem of like some whale just showing up and buying a bunch of token because if they buy too much, right? Like one, they're going to spike the price themselves, which is not doesn't help them. Um, and B, like there's no guarantee that if they spend a lot of money that that's going to be the bottom. So it makes sense for everyone to sort of nibble at this thing until it f finds a bottom at some point, and that becomes sort of like it's true value and you might have a little like you know spike in the price and some speculators and stuff like that but for the most part it's designed to sort of drop 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 um substantially and also simultaneously supply the lp um with liquidity so that there's entry and exit liquidity in sufficient quantity um simultaneous with finding price discovery and that's that's the basic idea and it's it's really cool and i hope they do more of those kinds of things for tokens on terra in the next year Let's see. Which ones are doing that? Which ones do you know for certain have done that? Or In the past, uh, Astroport did it. Um, and uh, White Whale, which is another protocol on Terra, used that same mechanism. Uh, Bruce, do you remember any others? Or do you know of any in the future? I don't, haven't heard anything lately. No, uh, but I think they're pretty much all doing it now. It's like the, the trendy thing. The other question, Sefi, is like, um, I, I don't have much expertise on this, but do you think with Feather and everything Doquan is Lord Doquan is building, um, do you think a part of that is also to help people alleviate legal or regulatory concerns, like in the deployment of new blockchains? Uh, yes, because, um, you, yeah, you, you have different ways to produce chains in terms of like uh, token distribution, team distribution. And by having it much, much cheaper to deploy a blockchain, you won't need necessarily as many team tokens or whatever um, because the cost of development is much, much lower. And you could figure out other ways to sort of like monetize that system so that it doesn't create like a security type of problem. So, yeah, like I think if deployment is much cheaper, you're much less likely to... Uh, like wind up with tokenomics that look like a security, which is a security would mean that like, like let's say 50% of your tokens are team tokens and um, the price of the token pumps and you're going to dump some of those tokens on the, on the public. Uh, maybe that only has to be like 10% or something, or maybe even less, right? Because then um, it's way cheaper to build the, on the platform. If anyone can spin up a blockchain, well, why would there need to be such a huge team allocation? Right. That's the, that's my theory. So, yeah, I think it would help that problem uh, considerably just by nature of the, the, the chain is cheaper to produce and maintain. Well, what if I mean, like, let's use. Oh, and I forgot to mention uh, before we move on, I forgot to mention the maintain part of it. So with Feather Protocol, the difference is, is that um, when the Terraform Labs people like upgrade the Luna blockchain, they could technically simultaneously upgrade all of the sub, sub chains that are attached to it as well. So you're basically getting, you're not just paying rent to the primary Luna blockchain, you're paying for developers who are going to upgrade your chain also, which is an amazing um, sort of feature, right? Because then you don't have to have a totally separate development team for your own blockchain. You can just let them do it and you're just sort of paying rent in the fees. Uh, like as a consumer chain to the main chain. So yeah, like really cool stuff like that. Um, uh, it, yeah, it's gonna be dramatically easier to maintain a chain to the point where like 
a normal business could actually uh, deploy a chain like that really easily and make use of it. Like maybe, I don't know, if you have a uh, e-commerce thing or maybe you have a, like a reward system or airline frequent flyer miles or some shit, like, or whatever, you could deploy a chain much, much easier on your own um, with that kind of a system and not have to have a lot of upfront costs. Um, so the beautiful thing about having that type of system too is like the upfront costs are very low. It's almost like the difference between, let's say, um, I don't know, let's say you were a major like electronics retailer or something, or let's say Starbucks. So you're a Starbucks and you're going to go and like build a whole Starbucks building for yourself. That's one proposition. The other proposition is you just go and like rent a little place, you know, like at the airport or rent a little place on the street corner. And there's not as much initial capital because all you have to do is pay rent. Um, so that can be a lot easier for people to start a business if uh, blockchains are that easier to produce. Uh, and um, yeah, so that, that maintenance piece is really important um, where the landlord sort of, which would be like, you know, Terra Luna would basically take care of these sort of like repairs or upgrades for all the other chains underneath their, um, you know, what, what they call consumer chains that are attached. Do they to know when they're coming out with this? Like, do they have a projection or anything? Cause I think within the next few months. Yeah. I think, uh, hopefully before the year end almost is what, when Doe last messaged me, he's like, yeah, maybe, you know, before year end. So we're not talking about very far away. And this one's going to, this, oh, sorry, this feather is going to do the price discovery drop as well. Uh, no, that's, that's a separate thing. The, the lock drop thing is something that individual token projects can do um, as a way to sort of like allow you to buy certain coins. Uh, presumably you could do that, yeah, for the primary, those subsequent chains that get formed or subsequent dApps and things. But we're, I'm just talking about that as just a different, like a method uh, generally, but not specific to Feather or anything like that. No, Feather is meant to just make it easy to spin up a blockchain. Um, that's what that tech is all about. Um, oh, so Feather is just a, like a protocol. It's not like a coin or... Yeah, think about it as like WordPress for the internet. Like it makes it easy for you to like create a blockchain and deploy it and maintain it as opposed to like... You know, like your word, I don't know if you've ever built a website before, but like yeah, if you built a WordPress site, for example, familiar. you know how the templates will update and like the, 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 the background code will update and all that shit. You don't have to worry about it. Your, your goal when you build a WordPress site is not to be a programmer, right? You're not trying to become. Yeah, a you're just working. Developer. And I think that shit's going to sit there and tell you made an update. Made an update, yeah. and you're just like, I don't know what the fuck they did, but I don't give yeah. a shit. Yeah, your your goal working. is your goal is to run your business, not to run a blockchain, or your goal is to run your business, not to run a website. And these things make it really, really easy to uh, to to deploy. So that's that's a lot of what uh, Doe's been talking about. And um, yeah, we we were able to sort of question him yesterday about like um, different things that are coming out. Uh, what kind of timelines and this type of thing. So yeah, they're, they're strategically deploying different things depending on sort of market conditions. Like the NFT project things that they're developing, um, they're going to drag that out a little bit just because the NFT market is really, really like um, unexciting right now. So I think they want to deploy when there's sufficient um, like action in the market so that uh, they can capture the attention of the market at the right time. Yeah, NFTs aren't a huge lull right now. The whole market after FTX. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I would say the only cool. place that NFTs are really uh, like, well, I know NFTs are doing pretty well in Stargaze uh, now. <laughs> like, I do have Stargaze token, and I want it to go up. So I, you know, 
<laughs> like you know, take that. Yeah, the, uh, I, but, they didn't the Kamuji whatever wells they didn't you know they're not selling out on the launch pad stuff, but they're they're like that's not a good sign that things aren't going. You know, you know which you know you know which NFTs. You know what NFTs I like though, and I bought some of, is they have the they have these little cats with like bazookas and like ninja swords. Bro, and shit. I already bought those. <laughs> I love those. Tweeting that. Thank you for tweeting that. I was <laughs> those like, things are so cool. It's ninety like two ninety three percent sold out, and no one's buying them. And I'm like, yeah, it's I like got me some. What are they? A couple of dollars or something? They're they're they cost. They're two hundred uh, star. They're two hundred yeah. star, and you can Which get twenty five. Two hundred stars is worth how many dollars now? Like not much. Bro, it's like, yeah, you're like, you're paying pennies on the dollar. And I, if they really do make a game, that could, I mean, I don't dude, really even care about the roadmap. I think the little funny little cats with the weapons and shit are fucking hilarious. Like, I just, I just like the little, the little art. I, I don't even care about the roadmap, honestly. Just, Maybe I should go buy some more. <laughs> they're, they're pretty cheap. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, there's, there are, there are still NFT projects doing things and, uh, and a lot of them are super cheap. Like, but you know, don't do it from investment purposes or whatever. Just have fun. Like that's the key. Like investment, you know. investing is fun too. <laughs> yeah, it's fun too. But like, I'm I'm not buying those things thinking I'm going to make a bunch of money off of NFTs. I just think they're fun. Like uh, you know, and, and if there's if there's games and things they produce, that's cool too. But I just I think they're fun. I'm I'm like I'm always like looking at the art or the you know does it entertain me? Like does it you know I, I'm not buying those things just to kind of. Well, I join I joined the. Uh the stargaze uh and their their weekly thing and i give i give them some feedback and they're very receptive the next one i want to let them know that they should try to add like socials and stuff they might vote on that but it just some there has been some rug pulls over there that like i'm like hey people probably might be buying it and they'll be more aware if they can go check out the socials and see that they're not active there but as, when i make when i made the statement though about oh they haven't sold on the launch pad a, a slow release on a mint two is necessarily not necessarily a bad thing either because Board Ape Yacht Club didn't sell out when they first minted as well. Um, a slow mint is still like it's okay if there's not the volume, if especially if projects are legit releasing during a bear market right now and they're working on something right now and they're still active. That's like that's even more signs to be bullish on them when the yeah. market comes back. I, I hope people like happen to notice the little post Bruce made up top. Uh, this guy Stanislav sends a message to him. Please help me with money right now for the war in Ukraine. I need a drone, a thermal imager, and I need $10,000. Who can, how much? Thank you very much. USDT and BTC. And um, yeah, I mean, if they would have asked Bruce in maybe Luna Classic tokens, uh, they could be buying their drone right now. Maybe they could kill maybe some, I don't know, like a Russian base or whatever the fuck. I don't know. But he asked, they asked the wrong tokens and now they don't get anything. Isn't that weird? Like they just, it, like, yeah, they would have gotten a drone. Like Bruce can procure a drone with a thermal imager on it. Yeah, no problem. Little FLIR camera, why not? You can get those anywhere, right? Just you can get those on eBay now. It's not a big deal. Anyway. Oh, Tesla's, you can get a flamethrower from Elon. So, I mean, any. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, can I get back to the WordPress problem. Actually, I you know what someone gifted me. It's kind of funny. Like I have a uh, you know what a Griffin missile launcher is. It's the wing-mounted <laughs> missile launchers that you put on like a like a you know Apache helicopter or like on an airplane. It has a little like hook that you connect. You know, like like you see in Top Gun and shit. Yeah, like I have a, a Griffin missile launcher in my garage, 
Um, like <laughs> I'm hoping that uh, none of my colleagues recognize that, you know, I have this thing, but like someone gifted it to me. It's very funny. Anyway, Wait, are you like, are you, are you the accountant? Wait, what? Like, what do you mean? The movie, The Accountant? I don't know. Like, no. <laughs> He's got, dude, the key, like, he freaking discovers, like, a whole chain of corruption as an accountant. And he has, like, a huge freaking machine gun in his garage and in mines everywhere. And they try to come get him. And he, like, mows them all down. I don't know. People need, if you haven't oh seen the account, God. that's worth watching. No, that's no, no, no. One. I just, I just have a bunch of special forces people that come and hang out at my gym. So, like, so they're like, oh, we'd like you to uh, hang up this Griffin like missile launcher in your facility. And then, like, I got it, and I, and I looked at the thing, and I'm like, uh, like, I don't know, like, you know, someone's gonna, you know, call the FBI or some shit because I have a Griffin uh, hanging in my gym or something like that. And um, like, so I was like, okay, well, I'll just leave it in my garage. So I told them, no, I can't hang it up. But they're like, oh, you can keep it. I'm like, okay, fine. It's basically like a, it's a, it's a missile launcher. It's like you hang it on a, on a wing. It's crazy. Anyway, it's not, it's neither here nor there. Um, it's just funny because this yeah, guy no, asked me for a drone. I, I just, it. just story that came up. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, like, hopefully, yeah, you guys learned something today. Like. A lot of cool stuff coming to Terra. Um, I've actually got to get some sleep. I've got, uh, I'm actually sleeping days. I've got uh, night work to do. I'm at a facility in a far off place and there's like issues going on. And uh, like, so I'm out of my normal time zone element or whatever. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, I went to bed and I woke up and you were still on Twitter. I'm like, holy shit. You're well, a I, was, I was getting off. Well, I was on and off during work. So is it because I have my hours backwards. So I need to get to sleep now. What do you do for work? Um, I do medical things, <laughs> but, uh, d you know, but I sometimes go to uh, faraway places and stuff and have to do certain things. <laughs> like, and it's been extraordinarily busy lately. Wow. So are, you anyway. making, are you making like an Iron Man suit for someone? Medical yeah. thing? No. I do work for different companies and things, though, but like, uh, it depends. Sometimes I'm doing actual medical stuff, sometimes working for companies or, uh, the company anyway all right <laughs> get some sleep bro we need your brain yeah we'll catch you later guys have fun i hope to circle back with the questions uh, another time yeah yeah we'll do some more details later but we'll find more we'll have more stuff coming out hopefully the coming weeks and stuff too there'll be a lot of cool stuff all right great. great guys see you later bye thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was a chepe space Doquan and what he said about the future of Luna. Recorded on Tuesday, November 15th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Rolling down the street in my 6 foe. I never had a 6 foe. A kid can wish though. I snapped a wishbone and grabbed a fistful. Chilling with the dopey, this a weed is all I wish for. I'm feeling blissful. I got a missus. My ginger always down to ride no matter what the mission. I'm singing this song. Got a couple albums out. We do alright, but it ain't really shit to write home about. Like to feed the fishbowl. Keep my stories mystical. I like my beats. Boom, bap and rap to be lyrical. I'm feeling cynical. Craving a little ritual. Save my place in line while I try to find a miracle. I keep looking and looking and looking, but never find nothing. We've been lied to, thinking this surprise under super secret lies. Motherfucker sneak inside, going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. Going dark. Now believe me when I say this shit is do or die. 
going dark now Believe me when I say this shit is do or die Trying to stay offensive Trespassing here like this land looks expensive Ain't no time like the present Trying to stake a claim Just make sure your claim stays away from all these other claims We're almost kind of running out of land here Living in the day of the dead and it's damn weird Same teams y'all, we just trying to get a bite to eat A little rest saved up, waiting for my time to sleep Head down, middle fingers up, yo I'm wide awake Never hesitate to stay about a hundred miles away Seven time and space while the wrecking ball the place I expect you all to play, running marathons today When the... Sick get sicker and the rich get richer It might be about time to rearrange our dinner Fix the system, the shit, it's all nixed Waking up early, gonna suck today's Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Going dark now, believe me when I say the shit is do or die Gonna take care of Angela, man. He's he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's gonna be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. Terror spaces.